This rip was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's what you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, and sell sets. And if you haven't heard, uh, Cash App is now a under the, the Block umbrella, which Square has changed their name to Block. Uh, Cash App is trying to make it as easy as possible to stack sets. Uh, you can DCA in the sets. You can set price uh, targets where you want to buy sets and automatically execute for you. Cash App can be your bank account. They have their boost program. It's a beautiful app. If you haven't downloaded it yet, oh, I should add too, you can send to Taproot uh, addresses uh, as of December 1st. So it's December 2nd, and you can do that today. Uh, download the app. Use the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This trip is also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. Having all your coins on an exchange is a single point of failure. Having all your coins in a single SIG wallet is a single point of failure. If you lose that wallet and you're back up, you are shit out of luck. Unchained has their Vault product, which is collaborative custody, two or three multi-SIG. Vault, where you hold two keys, Unchained holds one. Uh, you are always able to move your coins in and out of the vault as you so please. Uh, but if you're ever in a pinch, Unchained is there to be the second and the two or three signature. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a multi-sig vault set up with a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in it. They're going to have multiple video conference calls with you to get you comfortable with multi-sig and their vault product. They're going to send you hardware wallets. They're going to help you get those set up. And then once you have those set up, you're going to create your multi-sig vault. You're going to dump sats in it and you're going to be happy as a clam because you, you hold Bitcoin and you have uh, no single point of failure in your security uh, in custody of those UTXOs. Unchained is not an app or a faceless company. They want to be a partner. They want to help you secure your Bitcoins for generations to come. Go check out everything they have at Unchained.com. That's Unchained.com. If you do the Vault Concierge service, uh, tell them the TFTC sent you're going to get $50 off that deal. Um, this rip was also brought to you by our good friends at Compass Mining. All right, If you listen to the end of this episode, Matt and I talked with them. We had back and forth. Uh, about the situation uh, at Compass. We're hearing you freaks. Compass uh, offers the ability for you to buy miners, ASICs, uh, and you can uh, go to compassmining.io, pick a miner, buy the miner, have it sent to your house. They have a home mining support team that's going to teach you how to set that miner up, uh, plug it in, access the miner, point it to a pool, and stack sats with that. Uh, so you can do that. Uh, they have an incredible newsletter podcast as well. Zach Vol, Will Foxley doing incredible things on that side, on the content side. They've uh, creating video content as well. You got to go check out their mini doc on the Navajo Nation mining Bitcoin. Go check all this out at compassmining.io. This trip is also brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains is here uh, to help you stack more sats with your hash, with their auto-tuning firmware, which is Brains OS+. Plus. Brains OS Plus. If you have an ASIC that is compatible with Brains OS Plus, which you can go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com to find out if your ASIC is compatible with it. If it is compatible and you're not running Brains OS Plus, you're leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. Uh, Brains OS Plus helps you uh, get more hash out of your ASIC, which is going to get you more sats. They just dropped insights.brains.com a few weeks ago, which is uh, your one-stop shop for all the pertinent mining data that you may need. Uh, it's we're, we're using it today on the show. You'll see 
uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. If not, you're going to hear what we were talking about there. A lot of great pool data consolidated at one site at insights.brains.com. So go check out everything they have there. They're also hiring. Uh, if you're a Rust developer, if you worked with hardware, if you're a system admin, they're looking for you. They're a high-quality Bitcoin-only team. The team behind Slushpool, uh, I would highly recommend checking it out. Brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. Last but not least, this was brought to you by Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is back with their lending platform. Their lend.hoddlehoddle.com is going to make it so that you can... Uh, use your Bitcoin as collateral. It's a P2P Bitcoin-backed lending platform where you can lend or borrow uh, Bitcoin or stable coins globally and anonymously, anonymously using your Bitcoin as collateral. You can borrow stable coins against your Bitcoin and control your collateral in escrow throughout the whole deal. That is because, again, HODL HODL is leveraging multi-sig. Uh, when you hold your Bitcoin in escrow, your Bitcoin collateral, uh, you hold a key, your counterparty holds a key. Hoddle Hoddle holds a key. Uh, you don't have control over your Bitcoin there, but you do have visibility into the wallet to make sure that your Bitcoin aren't being rehypothecated. So uh, you're going to put that Bitcoin up as collateral. You're going to have one of the keys. You're going to get stable coins that you can then go spend. And you got to pay back. As long as you're paying back those stable coins plus the interest uh, associated with the loan, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day if you are a stable coin lover and you're looking to get yield on that. Uh, this is a good way to do that. You put your stable coins to be lent up at an interest rate uh, in this in this engagement, and uh, you engage with Bitcoiners who are looking for liquidity. So go check it all out at lend.hodlhodl.com and enjoy this rip. Enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy your life. Enjoy it, freaks. Dickie, dickie. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Matthew, we meet in person. It's been a while. Let's fucking go. Actually, I'm, we were together last night, but I'm I'm excited. I finally got to meet Carr for the first time. Yeah, Carr's over here. He doesn't have a mic today, so he's not gonna be able to talk. But we're set up. Well, he could take one of these if he needed to. Yeah, but he's already he's he's doing his job right now. We're in an undisclosed location, freaks. We're together. Uh, oh, they don't even know that we're together because they like we have split cameras. We can't. Do we have to meet in the middle and hug on one side of the table? Let's just leave them guessing. Like maybe it's just a. Uh, it's a, like a magic trick. Okay. All right. All right. This is rabbit hole recap rip 176. We're, we're counting the rabbit hole recaps now. We've got a crew here. 176 weeks in a row. Yes. As you can see, we have our good friend Yassine in the background. He's working diligently. Kathy's working hard. He's been working the whole time. Don't worry. Uh, we've got other Bitcoiners here, some of which don't want to be. He uh, immediately regrets sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> can I say something? I, I, I believe I've peaked being in a cameo on a rabbit hole recap. This is this is what life's about. I can I can die peacefully now. So thank you for that. Okay. Well, cheers to that. We gotta have you like on the interview series again soon. We gotta catch yeah. up. He was he was right in the beginning. Yeah, that's a that's that's a a cornerstone episode of this podcast. People go back. That actually, uh, who did that orange pill? Orange pill. One of my family members. They're like, I listened to that episode. I think it might have been my mom. She's like, I really like that Yasin fellow. Um, Matt. 
What did you think of the Nashville Bitcoiner meetup last night? Sorry, I have to hold my mic and I put it down so I could get the bottle pop. Uh, it was fucking, it was fucking awesome. It was, we had such a good crowd. I, you know, I think it's really special because it brings like a new coiner crowd and then also like an experienced weathered Bitcoin crowd and it's intermixed together, which is like very rare for meetups. I feel. Yeah. It was shout out to the people in this room who organized the meetup. It is a uh, high quality, very high energy. I was uh, happy to have been asked to participate for you freaks who weren't there and don't know what went on. Very heavy mining talk. Uh, it was completely mining focused. Yeah. So that's also something that's unique with the Nashville Bitcoin meetup is that every month, um, it's a monthly Bitcoin meetup. Every month, it's a different topic. Um, so this this month uh, was mining and it was really cool how it was, you know, there was home mining for no KYC mining. And then there's also, um, you know, the largest mining pool in the world was there as well. As uh, you have remote miners, you have on-grid miners all mixed together. Really fucking awesome. Yeah, the, the content curation for last night was on point. Uh, it's public. It was there. So we can talk about it. Like, uh, 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 Econo Alchemist and the Verder. First time I ever met them in person. Yeah, they put on some incredible... Uh, met Eco's entire family. Yeah. Um, who was the gentleman who did the, uh, like his Dr. FOMO, Dr. FOMO. That was a great presentation. Uh, if we can get that presentation online, I think it will be important for freaks to see, uh, particularly, uh, if you're doing home mining, he had some experiences with, uh, burning up his, his, uh, his electric panel. And like eco one up to him and like he burned up the cables all the way to the power pole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not easy. But like Diverter was saying last night, the resources to mine at home, uh, <laughs> uh, the resources to learn how to mine from home are greater and more abundant than they ever have been in Bitcoin's history. So there's plenty of resources out there, plenty of people doing it. Uh, there is a home mining movement. Obviously, there's trade-offs. Uh, Econo and Diverter talked about those trade-offs last night. And then, like you said, yeah, we had the largest mining pool in the world there. We had Colin. Um, from Luxor was there as well with Kevin Zhang from Foundry. And I think we do have to give a shout out to Kevin. Somebody at the meetup last night gave him props where props are due. He was pivotal in that uh, that Greenwich facility in upstate New York and really getting a utility company to implement Bitcoin mining. Every time it's pronounced, I immediately think Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah. But it's spelled Green Ridge. Yeah, Green Ridge uh, Power. Um, yeah, they were the first utility company they took what was a coal plant transformed into a natural gas plant uh, and started mining Bitcoin with their excess capacity. And what, like Foundry made that happen? Kevin, I don't know if he was at Foundry at the time, but he was instrumental. Foundry's like pretty new, right? Yeah, I think I mean, I mean, think they were in stealth mode for a while and then they popped up and like, hey, we have this massive pool. It has to be one of the quickest. I didn't. I thought we were kind of past the point where a mining pool can just like come out of nowhere and be the largest mining pool in the world. When you have uh, Barry's war chest and people like Kevin Zhang running the show, uh, anything is possible. Uh, except for Segwit2x. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, literally everything is not possible. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, no, it's in Greenwich has actually moved south. I believe they're doing a nuclear facility in South Carolina now and they're mining Bitcoin with it as well, which is bullish to see Bitcoin mining incentivizing uh, nuclear generation. Um, we're supporting nuclear generation as it's getting uh, 
getting developed around the country and around the world. Stop shutting down nuclear power plants, freaks, politicians. Anybody out there is thinking about it. It's very dumb. Yeah, freaks. <laughs> Marty's blaming you for it. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, we're having a powwow here, but before we get too deep into our powwow, Carl, let's pull up uh, Clark's dashboard. We will give you, still consolidating. Price, I guess people are saying, did the price crash happen to 42 between? We are so week? fucking poor. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did the price happen before last week or between the last two episodes? Uh, it happened between the two recent episodes because I uh, I bought, we bought new servers for Bitcoin TV and we had to pay in Bitcoin and we literally sent it at the top and like immediately collapsed afterwards. That's a, that is a good uh, spend right there. The, the vendor, like four hours later, sent me a private message just with a crying face. <laughs> Well, since you brought it up, let's talk about it. I think you've, uh, I mean, obviously we know that you've been working on Bitcoin TV at Wiz and others. Uh, what's the plan there? Are we building a new YouTube? Are Bitcoiners going to fix it? Well, I, I mean, I think it'd be offensive to say that to Bic, you know, that Bitcoin TV is a new YouTube uh, because YouTube could go fuck themselves. Yeah. I mean like uh, 2006 YouTube. Yeah. I, I, I think that um, as someone who comes you know, goes on air with you once a week for the last 176 weeks. Um, when we talk about Bitcoin, when we talk about uh, low time preference, when we talk about trying to, you know, build something for the future with a long time horizon, uh, you can't do that building on quicksand and building on YouTube is quicksand. We are literally months overdue from getting banned on YouTube. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how we have not gotten banned from YouTube yet. I expect most Bitcoiners to get banned from YouTube eventually. Uh, so it's partially that. It's partially this idea of having kind of open access to Bitcoin content without that that centralized uh, censorship possibility that you can have. But to be completely fair, right now, the way Bitcoin TV is being built out, uh, there is some censorship possibility. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's me, Wiz and Bitkite. Um, are, are deciding which content's on there. We don't even have open ability to load it, but it's all built on PeerTube. You can host your own PeerTube instance. The dream is that anyone can run like a Bitcoin TV instance on their own node at home and we <laughs> can all peer up together. It's not cumbersome. It is. Uh, there's a lot of data that that's why we you know, spend so much money on servers. It gets very expensive, but you can choose which content you want to have on it and any content that's shared will be able to um, be uploaded to your right. peer tube instance. Then the second thing is when someone goes to rabbit hole recap on YouTube, as soon as they finish rabbit hole recap, they're suggested a million horrible shitcoin content mm -hmm. to go to next. Right. And we don't have that content on Bitcoin TV. And then the third reason is podcasting 2.0, absolutely empowering. It is super fucking cool that we just see sats come from the listeners directly into our uh, lightning node nodes. We've got the split going now. So you, yeah. we, we split it up. What was it? Three or four weeks ago. Me and you have a split car gets a split and DJ or developer gets a split too. So that's based. Fuck. Yes. Yeah. That's based on RSS putting yeah. a pub key in RSS. Bitcoin TV already sub supports subscribing to the video channels via RSS. So all we have to do oh, is add a lightning pub key in there mm -hmm. and you can do the same exact thing. And Breeze and other apps 
can easily integrate with it because it'll be an open standard. So do for video what podcasting 2.0 is doing for audio. Yeah. And exactly what Saturnity just said, like yeah. you'll be able to do that. And this, I mean, I tweeted out earlier today and we've been talking about it behind the scenes for a bit now. And as we always do, we talk business on air, but like, that's what we want to do at TFTC. I mean, I teased it last week too. Like we want to Bitcoinize the whole stack. Not only that, but use more distributed content distribution uh, platforms. Like I like ghost.org because you can self-host, it's open source and, and just creating a new way to do media and content distribution and monetization that people will look back in like a decade and be like, holy shit, like this changed the game. Like I want to Bitcoin. Like we're going to, we're going to turn it up here, freaks. We're going to turn it up. That's all I'm going to say right now. Fuck yes. hundred yeah. percent. And um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Bitcoin TV is, is kind of just providing that platform um, for both us and for any other Bitcoin content creators. Uh, and I think ultimately long-term, like you can see it go outside of just Bitcoin things. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything becomes a Bitcoin thing in a post Bitcoin world. Mm -hmm. Um, but the key there is let's move away from the ad model. Let's move to free open source software. Let's move to the audience funded model. And that goes for not only the content, it also goes for Bitcoin TV itself. I mean, Google makes money on YouTube through ad sales when they put those algorithmic ads in. Um, Bitcoin TV, presumably we'd have like a nice little slider or something. So if you're streaming sats to the show, you know, 1%, 2% of those sats goes to Bitcoin TV because the servers are extremely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. We will still have ads for time, but we would like, we've talked about this in the past. We would like to transition to a value for value model. Yeah. We have to pay rent. Yeah. Um, I've got a family to feed. Uh, the, but no, I do, we're at the very beginning stages of this though, too. Like I think it is going to become more popular. Uh, we're going to build a bit and we'll have more news in, in the months to come. So, yeah. We're not going to do like announcement of an announcement. No. Um, so even though we kind of just did, you, you'll know it when you see it. All right. Now we can finally get to Clark's dashboard. We were going to go to Clark's dashboard and then you pulled away, right? Oh, we started talking about price and then I started talking about Bitcoin TV servers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Speaking of price, the current price of Bitcoin, according to Clark's dashboard is 48,200. Are we in a bear market, Marty? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's an, it's an, it's a, an eternal bull market. Is it a super Since cycle? Are you, are, are, do you prescribe to the super cycle theory? The super cycle started on January 3rd, 2009. It's been continuing <laughs> uh, ever since then. Do you think we're going to have an 85% drawdown ever again? I wouldn't be surprised. Yes or no? I uh, So 85% from here, what is 15%? It's really, that's, it's really yeah, low. That's like six, seven grand. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, no, no. So I think... Yes, we're going to have many 85% drawdowns. I just, I think we're going to pump and then we're going to have the 85%. Like you need to have, you blow off top, mm -hmm. then the 85% drawdown. So if you go to like 200K, freaks that are better than me at math, but if you go to like 200K, 400K, then go down by 85%, whatever that price is, that's like the kind of 85% drawdown you would see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's another thing too. Like, I think there, are, like right now, Bitcoin adoption up to this point has been a lot of obviously enthusiasts and early adopters and people who really get it. And I, I mean, I think 
what I've seen, I think there's people that are tangential to Bitcoin, not even directly associated with it or starting to adopt it as a Bitcoin. I mean, MicroStrategy was obviously the first last year, but I'm seeing personally more and more companies incorporate uh, Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Hey, MicroStrategy doesn't own any Bitcoin. That's true. Well, they don't, they own it. They don't, uh, do they own it? They hold it. They don't hold it. Do they own it though? They own the rights to some Bitcoin. I guess we could say that. They have the ability to sue someone over Bitcoin's value. Yeah. Are we just gonna are we just gonna bully Michael Saylor until he gets a collaborative custody? <laughs> no, I mean they like can do whatever the fuck they want. I yeah, they can do whatever. Michael, they want. Michael, I'm not a shareholder. I don't give a shit. Michael, we have our differences. We we go back and forth on on ESG and all that stuff, but it's all out of love. Collaborative custody. Hold your keys. You're such a good advocate. You're such a good marketer for Bitcoin. Like, follow it up with some confidence in your ability to to actually harness the asset the way it's supposed to be. But I mean, I would go further than that. Once again, they could do whatever the fuck they want, but I think a company like MicroStrategy is like uniquely positioned to set up their own custody model. They don't even have to do collaborative custody. Yeah, they are a tech company, right? That's I mean, Coinbase, Coinbase doesn't rely on someone else to hold their coins. Kraken doesn't. FTX doesn't. Yeah. They figured it out. Cash App created their own internal. Fucking coin. Wang Chun deciding to to, Dude, to donate to- You don't have that on the list. Donate to- uh, Luke Dasher, like they took a 9,000 Bitcoin UTXO. What a Chad. And then split out one Bitcoin to donate to CoreDev Luke. And then they paid no fee. They did a zero fee transaction because <laughs> they mined it with the own pool. pool they own. Yeah. Like they figured out how to do custody. Yeah. They're not keeping it with, you know, a regulated custodian and not holding their own keys. A 9,000 Bitcoins UTXO. Bitcoin UTXO, yeah. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's some powerful consolidation there. Talk about dust consolidation. You think Wang Chung's dust is like 50 Bitcoin? He's we like, still oh, haven't- get all this together. <laughs> we, still haven't, we still haven't done the Clark Moody dashboard, but like, it really makes you think like when we talk about like, oh, like Whirlpool capacity, you know, it's like, and he just fucking does that. <laughs> yeah. That that was great of him though. I'm happy for Luke Dasher that he got um, that he got uh, a Bitcoin from from Wang Chun, and I think other people donated as well. It's good to see him getting supported. I know he's controversial to a lot of people, but he is integral to Bitcoin's development up to this point. Like if you understand um, how the first software in Bitcoin worked, I mean Peter Rizzo wrote an incredible piece on it in Bitcoin Magazine. Um, I did like cringe a little bit. Uh, I support it. I'm I'm happy that. Uh, that Wang Chun uh, supported Luke. Um, obviously, I've dedicated a lot of my time to trying to help open source developers get funding. There's so many good open source projects and contributors that need funding. So it's fantastic to see. But the fact that it happened all publicly on Twitter, yeah, and it was a reused address um, that was a 9,000 Bitcoin UTXO, and now everyone knows that's Luke's address. So then we can watch him going forward. I also thought it was kind of ironic because Luke um, was one of the main people that got a SegWit and it's a legacy address that he got yeah, donated yeah, to. We had a one in the front of it. Um, but yeah, on the privacy side, it was a little bit. Uh, it was bad OPSEC, if we will. It was like as bad as it could be. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Hey, putting his balls on the table. But it wasn't. It was. A, it was a known F two pool address. So, on on oh, Wayne he donated from F two pool. Wasn't his own stash? Yeah, that was F two pool's address. Oh, I mean it. that's his own stash. He's he is F two pool, and it, people that were around during the block size wars will remember that Wang Chun 
uh, played a lot of bits. he played a lot of fucking games uh, and probably traded the markets to yeah. fuck around. With he messed F2 with pool. the version bits. Like F two pool would mine a block and say they were segment ready, then they would mine another and say they weren't. And ready. they were probably trading it because it was going. The price was going well, up and down with it. Well, was it though? I don't. Yeah, was it? I yeah. don't remember that. I remember being like very consolidated until like it finally got activated, and it was like pfft, take off. I, it was moving a decent amount. I mean, back then it was like. Five thousand dollars, four thousand yeah. dollar Bitcoin, but like a five hundred dollar move yeah, is twelve percent or something. Yeah, it's material. Yeah, and if anybody uh, who is here in the live audience wants to fact check any of us at any given point in time, please. Yeah, we have a we have a pretty massive live audience here. Not necessarily in terms of numbers, but in terms of influence. Yeah, yeah. We got Ty in the background. I fucking love Ty. <laughs> Ty, when are you moving to Austin? They're trying. <laughs> there he is. Austin Bitcoiners. Nashville. Hey. Nashville's putting a. Uh, Nashville's putting a very big recruiting effort in for Ty. We're keeping Ty. He's coming to Austin. He's not coming to Nashville. Yeah, I'm still moving to Austin. Oh, shit. What are you doing here? Get in here. You're Get good. Here. You're, you're on the mic. Hey. You're not on the camera, but you're on the mic. Okay. You can just... <laughs> what, what, you're coming to Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No two ways about it. I'll be in... What am I... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, about put that. your mic underneath. The... Got technical issues. Uh, yeah, I'll be uh, moving to Austin. Don't worry about it. Uh, Nashville is not getting me, but this is a cool city and uh, I'm bought into everything this is all about. Yeah, uh, see you seen. Uh, this is, uh, you just got taken out of the camera. Um, this is uh, a really cool neighborhood where we're recording right now. It reminds me, uh, I don't know what it reminds me of. Just really cool businesses. It's a cool vibe. Very cool vibe. Yeah. It's definitely booming. I like Nashville. Part of, part of this area reminds me of like the East End of Austin. Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah. That sort of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that where Rainy is? Uh, no, Rainy's yeah. like downtown. East side is. Uh, I really like Rainy Street. I thought Rainy was fucking yeah. dope. So, Rainy's like the, right Rainy's like the the bachelor bachelorette uh, mecca in Austin. That's where. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, like Nashville's kind of that as a city. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At least for bachelorettes. Yeah. What are supposedly. your What are your thoughts on Nashville? How do you feel about this? It's city? a cool city. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it does. Me as well. We got a very strong Bitcoin community here now. Very strong. That's what, like, I'm saying. Like Austin crew, like they're putting in a big recruiting effort up here in Nashville. We need to. Yeah. We need to watch our six. It's not a competition. We need to watch our six in Austin. It's it's a very like subtle shill though. It's not as overt as like you guys in Austin are relentless, absolutely relentless. Um, here, it's a little bit more like, hey, you know, take a look. You like it? Come here, you know? Uh, well, our recruiting strategy worked on you. I know. Austin, watch your six. Nashville's coming for us, okay? We got to be careful. Should we get to Clark Booty's Nashville? One cuck puck's going to get me 2,076 sets. Uh, I got to eat crow. I said we'd never go below a trillion dollar market cap, and here we are at 910. That was quick. Billion dollar market cap. Uh, this is going to be a nice segue into uh, the conversation I want to get to, which is the fact that we are 229 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be on December 11th. And it's estimated to be an upwards adjustment at 8%. That's because blocks are coming in at nine minutes and 15 seconds on average. Uh, we'll get back to that after we get through the, the dashboard. There's 6,192 sats in Clark's mempool right now uh one sat per byte fees are going through and samurai whirlpool 
Uh, and we're gonna have to make the disclaimer: ten thirty one's investor in samurai uh, is um, whirlpool <laughs> unspent capacity is four thousand three hundred twenty four point eight eight bitcoins or two hundred. Dude, okay, wait, 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 wait. We have Ty here. There's yeah. there's no such thing as bitcoins. No, no, it's Bitcoin. No, the there's no such thing as Bitcoin. There's UTXOs and there's the stats. no coins. The coins don't exist. You have UTXOs, and every time a UTXO gets transacted, it gets basically smelted, and new UTXOs are created. There's no such thing as a coin. A coin doesn't exist. Duh. Then a Bitcoin doesn't <laughs> exist too. Like your your argument, your semantic argument right now is going to fail flat on its face. Because <laughs> if I'm wrong, you're wrong too in this case. No, no, no. Because Bitcoin, the network, right? Yes. And then you have Bitcoin, the currency. Yes. But there's no coins. You have the U.S. dollar reserve system, the network, and then you have U.S. dollar. But there are literally dollars. Like, I have dollars in my pocket right now. Like, there are dollar fucking bills, you know? <laughs> but there's no Bitcoins. Matt is like short Bitcoin. Matt is short Bitcoin is evidenced by that cash on He's the table. He's not all in. He's not Get all on in. zero, you piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> Cash app is, I have cash app. Cash is great for privacy. It is. I mean, I, mean, I have my wallet somewhere here. I've got cash too. Uh, Austin, Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. They give you $100 bills at the ATM. That's what happened in New York. I don't know if that was. Odell carries shit coins. <laughs> it's Bitcoins, freaks. Uh, the point. It makes no sense though. There's no coins. I'm glad Ty agrees with me. I agree. <clears throat> We're not going to spend too much time debating this. I'm right. You started it. The in-person's RHR hit different. They do. I miss this. Yeah. Why didn't you move to Austin? Why aren't you moving to Austin? Pat, <laughs> ask him, is it a competition, though? That we were debating. Is it a competition between Nashville and Austin? No. Uh, Your scene's asking if it's a competition between Nashville and Austin. Nah, it's not. It's not a competition. There is no competition. It's a sister. <sighs> Marty doesn't look convinced. Yeah. You got something to say? Marty, it's not a competition. No, we need. We need. I agree. We need parallel citadels, monasteries, if you will. Who are we going to trade with? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are we going to trade with? That's what Cara is asking. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give you. We got cows. They have cows too. It's a very like. There's not much to trade between. Yo, Tennessee car, and grab Texas. this other mic over here. They have here. I'll get. They uh, but Tennessee has cows up north. Big gun states as well. What are we gonna trade? I love this. This is just like a party episode. This is fucking great. We've <laughs> never had an episode like this before. No. Yeah, yeah we're talking well, about what do you guys have. Look, I look, I, I intend to, I intend to visit you and Car and all the other Bitcoiners and Austin all the well, time. Well, we have. Bitcoin developers, developers. Ooh. We can trade you some Bitcoin developers. No, the developers stay in Austin. <laughs> you guys, you guys can build the the culture up here. The developers are staying in Austin. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll make one-off trades every once in a while, but we need the intellectual capital. I mean, you want them in Texas too. Like, yes, Tennessee is very free state, but it's very. It's not cool. a competition, Marty. Uh, why? Why so is. threatened? Yeah. I'm not threatened. Am I threatened? Am I projecting right now? You're blushing. Now I got to do. He something. is blushing a little bit, but it's, the, it's the whiskey. It's yeah. the red. It's, it's the, the whiskey, and I'm wearing this LL Bean. Marty, Marty always gets the whiskey cheeks. LL Bean, if you want to sponsor the pod, I love your, I love your merch. But you um, have to accept Bitcoin first and can, hold it on your balance sheet. We could probably make that happen. We could probably make that happen. Um, <laughs> the uh, the point I wanted to make. Back to Clark's dashboard. Uh, again, we're 229 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment estimated to be 
uh, 8% upward adjustment car. If you can go to like the TFTC, I read about this this week. Uh, we're about to hit ash rate all time highs. I think before the end of 2022. That's pretty bullish. Oh, and difficulty potentially. Familia. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, miners are print. <laughs> so keep going down. Like we're so when I wrote this, this is uh Peter Wool's estimation. According to if you go down brains, uh insights.brains.com, we'll go to that next. But uh the all-time high in May was 183 exahash a second. And so on whenever I wrote this. Wait, two, did you make that screenshot? Yeah. And you didn't take a picture of your screen with your phone? <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the back? I guess all. <laughs> so, according to according to brains, according to insights, I just not, like Boomer Marty. According I'm to, a fan of Boomer Marty. According to insights, we're very close to all time high earlier this week. And if you keep going down, I did the calculations. I did some math on my cell phone. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, yeah. So, the estimate earlier this week was six point two. So now we're at eight percent at six point two. If it stayed static. The, the next difficulty adjustment would hit 23 trillion. The all-time high is like 25 something. And if we had another, uh, keep going down. What did I do? Yeah, it would be 5.2% away at 6.2% from the- Sundays with family and friends are great days. They are great days. So this was written on Monday. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the point I'm trying to make, so we're gonna have an 8% uh, difficulty adjustment upwards, which is gonna get it. So we'll be less than 5.2% away from the difficulty all-time high. Um, so when do we hit it? I think before the new year. It should be bullish, I think. Do we hit a new all-time price? No. In the US dollar high? Yeah, let's see what... Before yeah. the new year? I mean, brains is... So you got... you. Oh, yeah, you freaks can see this. I think we definitely hit a difficulty no, all-time no, high. It's not hash rate all-time high yet. Um, I mean, isn't that just... Isn't, isn't difficulty essentially one-to-one -one with hash rate? Uh, I mean, it trails it, but it's not one to one because of the two weeks. Like, uh, I mean, car, like on a long enough, car, like if you if you spread it out, if you uh, smooth it yeah, out, I mean, right? they're obviously tied together. But um, if you do like a two week moving average of hash rate, it should be one to one with difficulty. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't want to do that math. I think actually, yes, team can answer that. There's no math. It's directly proportional. Yeah. 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 It's yes. it's like the one. It is a one to one correlation. Yes. Okay. There we go. Thank you, Yassine. I am this done. is awesome. I, we should have math. you. We should have Yassine on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the, uh, the Jamie. I'll, I'll do fact checking. Car, go back to uh, they cover over the all time high difficulty. I believe it was twenty five trillion. Um, oh, like in May. In May, like where the the light blue bar. Yeah, there. Yeah, twenty five yeah. trillion four hundred six forty six billion. Um, and so that's uh, basically the amount of hashes yet to produce uh, on average. Or actually, I'm not even going to try to describe that right now. But the point is, we're getting close to difficulty and hash rate all-time highs before the end of the year. What, what were we saying in May, June, July as hash rate? I think I think I said Q2 2022 would recover. We were way off. I yeah. mean, we thought it was going to take a lot longer. Yeah. I also thought China was attacking us. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, no, I think it's like, I'm astonished. Like I thought, you know who called it out? You gotta give props for props are due. A lot of people like, you're crazy. It's not gonna happen. Uh, Fryer uh, was, yeah, Fryer Haas was on, yeah. on Twitter. Like it's gonna happen by the end of the year. And he, he seems to be right. You're just gonna stare at me? I mean, I, you know, okay. What do you mean okay? What do you think about it? Hitting hash rate all time highs after the China uh, forced I, I mean, I think a lot of people said the hash was going to come back. I mean, I think it's very easy to just say bullish things over and over again. 
And then people only remember the bullish things that were correct. Well, which is like what the main critique of 200K by conference day started as. And then I started to believe it. Well, but that's different. The main critique that I'm trying to bring up is that we were wrong. We thought it was going to take a year. Oh yeah, We were 100 percent wrong. But I think it's important for people to realize uh, (laughs) it's important for people to think in a contrarian way or think in an adversarial way and not assume that, you know, the most bullish scenario is the scenario that will happen. But it it did turn out to be the most bullish scenario to happen. And I and I will agree that one of the single most bullish things that have happened over the last 8 years that I've been in Bitcoin is China banning mining, a lot of that mining leaving China. Bitcoin still, you know, taking out blocks every every 10 minutes. Uh, and coming back up on, well, on it wasn't hash. every 10 minutes. It was like longer on that. average or whatever. And then like that is like, it's extremely bullish and it's super not priced in because most of the people in this industry still think proof of work is the problem that needs to be solved. So they're just like on a whole different level. They're just, you know, focused on proof of stake. They're not even paying attention to what's happening in the mining world. Um, and that, I mean, I've been tweeting about this a lot, somewhat cryptically and more overtly earlier. Like I think, it is poetically incredible, poetically beautiful that all the shit coiners like, oh, POW is like bad for the environment. Like you don't want Bitcoin because it has all this energy usage. And they're literally throwing out the opportunity to chase what is going to be one of the largest energy revolutions that we've ever experienced as humanity as Bitcoin uh, via the proof of work mechanism and, and the incentives of the mining industry being able to monetize stranded and wasted energy sources uh like they're completely neglecting that i don't even think they're neglecting it i don't think they understand it uh trying to go the other way of proof of stake as energy um efficient and environmentally friendly and they're going to miss out on the ability to actually take part of the energy revolution that proof of work provides (laughs) i love you bake (laughs) bake bake stop buying nfts you gotta stack more sats bro what are you doing man what, how do we feel about like NFTs on Bitcoin? I think they're fine. I mean, if Rare Pepe's pump, I'm a happy guy because I was gifted Rare Pepe's a few years ago on the podcast. Do you still have those keys? Uh, it's, they're on an open dime. Car shaking his head. Where can we buy open dime? Or, or, open dime merch. Oh, speaking of which, I came, I came to the, the Nashville Bitcoin meetup and all I got was this fucking open dime. Like, Is it loaded? No. Oh, actually... I'm going to load it right now. I do owe somebody a wedding gift. So as we're doing this, I'm going to, I'm going to load up an open dime. Um, oh, hey, Matt, real quick. Bitcoin mags, Bitcoin magazine. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, the actual print magazine is fucking dope as fuck, right? Dude. It was sick. Oh, I have yours, Ty. Thank you. Yeah, there we, you want to? Oh, wait. Dude, it's so clean. The amount of detail that they put into it. Yeah. I, I was really impressed, man. And it's really impressed. Guy. And it's in Barnes and Noble. Show the back ad. Show the back ad. Like, you could, who, I don't know That's who did it, man, but That's like whoever, awesome. whoever uh, designed it, whoever like. There's a whole team over there. They you, fucking killed it. It's they absolutely bro. fucking killed like, it. It's, uh, you can tell they put a lot of effort there were, into it. There were a lot of sleepless nights yeah, over there. You can um, definitely tell. It's all in the details, man. And it's, a lot uh, of love went into it. And the, the, the second issue. is just like, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. So the plan is for it to come out quarterly. So there's going to be four a year. So the, the next one should be coming out uh in a few months. Yeah. 
So I'm assuming like all the content in it is going to be like evergreen content, right? Uh, for the be- for the most part, I mean, in this case, I mean, a, a lot of it was El Salvador focused. It is called the El Salvador yeah. issue. Uh, well, you know, I that that the, it's not to break. It's not for breaking news, right? Right. So evergreen, lo, lo, lower time preference type of content, um, long more long form stuff, uh, but it's all over the place. I mean, one of the coolest things here is they have. Um, they have like a, a full meme factory section. Oh, that's cool. Which is awesome. Memetics. Uh, Labra Holdel, Hoddle. Say La- Hoddle. Labra Hoddle. Uh, put my tweet in here. Uh, can we hold this up to the camera? Hold it up like a children's book. Yeah, Matt, whoever is the, the photographer, whoever's choosing the images, um, there, there it is. It's very, yeah, it's very, like, they're doing a really good job. We tweet in caps. Like the spacing. We like the coin. We stack the sets. Yeah. In a magazine. All right. While we were talking about Bitcoin Magazine, I uh, I loaded an open dime. Fuck yeah. A good friend's going to get a good a good wedding present. Rodolfo. Is and Coin then, Kite, when's CoinKite going to sponsor the pod? We got the block clock here. We got, this we got the open other dimes section here. I really liked. Look at this. I can't believe I flipped through that. Hey, so you have quickly. to be cognizant of the people listening at home on Spotify. No, okay, so, and other uh, podcasts if okay, so if you're listening on Spotify, the magazine has a full meetup section that lists every single Bitcoin meetup in America. Fuck. Uh, every yeah. single city. Yeah. And it has a QR code so you can scan the QR code and you can just easily access all of those meetups. And it also previously, as I was saying, has the has a whole meme factory section just focused on memes. I just, I just feel like it's just really well done. It's, it's nice. <laughs> there to you see. go. We got tie for. Well, yeah, that's because uh, <laughs> that's because the real organi- organization. Uh, I, what do we have for bit devs there? Uh, we have ties listed under New York City Bitcoiners. Oh, we have Will. We have Will. Oh. It's such a great job, dude. Whoever I think it was Annabelle. They said in the chat. Um, yeah, it's so good, dude. Yeah, whoever did Are it. Are they going to do it on Barnes & Noble at every location? Yes, every lo- every Barnes oh, & Noble yeah. in America has uh, Bitcoin Magazine. Which gets uh, to an magazine. interesting point. Bitcoin is part of the culture now. Somebody's going to go to the Barnes & Noble checkout. They're going to see that. And they're not going to be like, what the hell is Bitcoin? They're going to be like, oh, here's Bitcoin. And it's it's like specifically in the front. By the checkout, right? Yeah. Yeah, very good product placement there. BTC Media, Bitcoin Magazine team. One last thing, Matt. The articles... Like it's like high end, like front front line, sixty minutes, like that type of like uh, quality. Yeah, Plus. dude. So that's what I think. They're just like elevating it. It's it's crazy good, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Bitcoin Magazine. And I, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, copies of the magazine are being sent up sent out to meetups across the across the world. So Bitcoin meetups yes. across the world. Like if you're an organizer of one of those meetups and you're interested in that. Um, Bitcoin Magazine would love to send you some some copies. And while and we're here, we had them at the National Bitcoin Meetup. Yeah, just giving they were just being given out. And while we're here talking about Bitcoin Magazine, we're going to get our our weekly uh, Bitcoin twenty twenty two shill in. And why I'm happy this week is because now we have a promo code. It's TFTC. I don't know how much you're going to get off right now. But, okay, go on. That's it. Like if you want to, get the promo bit. code is TFTC. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like we get a cut of that promo code. Yes. Disclaimer. 
Okay, in typical Matt fashion, if you use promo code open source, you'll get a bigger discount and we won't get a cut of it. So you can decide if you want to fund us or if you want to take our cut. Hey, we're a big fan of options here you have at the choice. You have options. And uh, yeah, and don't tweet don't tweet out the open source code. You can tweet out the TFTC code. And TFTC may not be live yet. We haven't signed anything, but it's kind oh. of like... Um, and we had Joe Rogers in the comments. Joe was a major part of bringing this magazine together. So Joe, cheers to Joe. Keep... Keep your moonshine drenched cherries in uh, oh God. wherever you come from to to the Miami conference. Or don't bring them to Miami. I don't want any of them. <laughs> no, bring them. And your bucket of uh, fireballs. Yeah. Uh, you can bring that. The cherries are des deceptive, though. Yeah. Joe Rogers yeah. Uh, at some Bitcoin events in the past, <laughs> he's showed up with cherries that have been soaked in moonshine. Uh, and they get you pretty fucked up. So moving along, we're finally getting to the list here. It's been a good rip so far. We're finally getting to the list. Uh, Swan, Swana, which is the exchange, allows you to DCA into Bitcoin very easily. Uh, they added Taproot support and an API. Uh, and on top of that, we'll focus on the good news first. Yeah. Is someone knocking? Oh, Taproot, Taproot support uh, is great to see. I mean, obviously that's so you can withdraw to Taproot addresses um, if your wallet supports that. And the API is pretty cool. I mean, we talked about, we teased it a little bit last week because Hexa wallet, um, disclosure, <laughs> I'm an advisor. <laughs> um, they... Uh, Joe wants us to know that he passed out a thousand plus. How many? A hundred plus? A hundred plus. A hundred plus cherries with no Corona, no no confirmed Corona transmissions, even though you use the same spoon. Um, the Hexa Wallet is the first one to integrate Swan's API, but the idea is that you'll be able to stack directly into a bunch of different wallets. Um, and they may or may not be about to announce a bunch of other wallets that you can just immediately stack from from your swan account into self-custody solution so it's really automating best practices i really like um, this model dude yeah i mean it's 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 pushing forward this idea of self-custody first yes. right like get get a wallet before you sign up with an exchange like that like changing that user experience flow i think it could actually like if we start making that a trend like get a Bitcoin wallet before you get Bitcoin for pre-coiners. I think that may actually 100%. be the way to go. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I think when you onboard someone, like when you first onboard someone, you should send them their first Bitcoin. So they don't have to yeah. go to a KYC exchange. They don't have to go through all that friction. They don't have to give up their whole life, uh, you know, to, to obtain some Bitcoin. Um, I mean, in another world, Swan releases their own app, right? That does self-custody. I think it's kind of cool, this idea of, of these APIs. So you're kind of, it adds to that trust profile, right? There's all these different trade-off balances you can have. And it's kind of nice that the supplier of your KYC sats is different than this, than you know the maintainer developers of, of your uh, self-custody wallet, right? Like they should be two separate. And like we see that with like Casa right now on the opposite side, like Casa offers a DCA stacking service, but they also provide the wallet, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. nice having it split up um, because there needs to be collusion there for them to yeah. distribute fucking with you. Distributed third-party risk there. Right. Yeah. Now, should we go to the bad news? Yeah, the bad news uh, seems like uh, Swan's bank has had to pull out of supporting them in New York due to the bit license. Yeah, I mean. Fuck the bit license. I mean, we've said that many times. So bad. It's so bad. It's so bad, dude. Do you think Eric Adams is going to do anything about this? 
the new mayor. The new mayor. Yeah. You want to ask the question again? You think Eric Adams, the new mayor, is going to do anything about this? I, I think he. I don't know. I don't well, know. He's got to run it up the chain to, to Albany. Yeah, it's a state. It's a state. Yeah. Um, I hope he would like make a fuss. I don't think so. It's it's a state rule, and uh, I mean, although New York City we're has, we're starting to see just how much it's holding New York back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, the, no no crypto native company can do anything. Yeah, what? And it's like, are you seeing it? Moving. Are you seeing it? Arc? Are you like talking? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, there's there's. N- n- I haven't spoken to a single Bitcoin entrepreneur that's bullish New York. No, I mean, Ark, Ark recently left New York and they're in Tampa now. We left New York. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. You guys are in Florida. We're, we're in Florida now. Uh, I think the realization that people can work from wherever and we're all digital nomads has given us less of a reason to be in New York. And I mean, the sovereign individual thesis is yeah, playing out in real time. It's playing out in real time. And even, even optimizing for you know, tax efficient jurisdictions yeah. Is a, is top of mind for so many people. Yeah, you know what I recently realized uh, as part of the escape from New York. If if you know, fuck the bit license for for starters. Uh, if you're working for a New York based company, uh, you're subject to New York income taxes because they're based in New York. Even if you're a remote employee, so oh, you yeah. could be a remote employee. Yeah. And you're subject to that. And like, who wants to put their employees through that? We're dealing you know, through you're, that you're now. Less competitive yeah. against your. To other people that are other companies that are yeah. based in other places. I mean, TFTC historically has been a New York based company. Like I'm in the process of moving it to Texas and mainly for that reason. Like it's a pain in the ass. New York wants they're squeezing people of as much tax revenue as they can and they're driving people away. It's a beautiful thing to see. Even traditional finance is dead. Like the whole idea of you need to be on Wall Street to be a successful asset manager has has completely that 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 mental model is obsolete because yeah. now you can work from anywhere. Yeah. So and it's very interesting shift. I, I mean, again, sovereign individual called it. It's happening, and yeah. I mean, you're seeing DCG too. Like Barry's up there cutting ribbons in Connecticut because he doesn't want to be in New York. Well, fuck Connecticut. I, I know, mean, but like it's yeah, it's a like lesser of two evils. New Yorkers, New, York. New Yorkers can dunk on like three states right now and it's like California, think- Connecticut and just like a question mark. There's got to be another one that we could probably dunk on. <laughs> but like Why Connecticut? Because Connecticut? Connecticut doesn't have any sports teams. They're like New York's no, little we're talking. We're talking particularly it's tax. No, it doesn't matter. It, Connecticut go fuck itself. Like Connecticut <laughs> is never like, you're never going to get me. New York can go fuck itself, but, but, but Connecticut more so. Yeah. Ooh, a New Yorker saying New York can go fuck itself. Matt is officially a New Yorker now. You heard it here first. A <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it happen. And by the way, I, I emailed uh, James Davidson, the, uh, the author, the co-author of Sovereign Individual. James, if you're listening, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, if I was running a Bitcoin company, just don't serve New York customers. Like you, you, you shouldn't have, you, you just, you just shouldn't even have like a bit license strategy. Right. I I totally agree. It's way too much money. Like the, the, the legal cost and the permitting cost to get the license alone. It's like, why would you ever spend, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially if you're a startup. Is it just a matter of spending money or is there other other considerations too, to be able to get the bit license? I think it's just, I mean, it's literally like a regulatory paperwork, red tape that you have to get through. And 
not everybody's going to get their bit license. And so that's another risk. If you pay all these legal fees and shit, like at the end of the day, like they may not issue it, issue it to you. We're seeing that approach globally as well, like on a global scale. If the U.S. isn't going to be friendly to Bitcoin native companies, they are going to flee. And so you're going to see that at the state level. There's no incentive for anyone to set up shop in New York. And I think by extension, it's like if you're not going to provide the right incentives to set up shop in the U.S., we're going to find another place. What is that? Matt's getting shit on right now. Yeah, people are going to move. I moved. I moved for many reasons, but one of the reasons was like the taxes on the business that was domiciled in New York were egregious. It's like, why the fuck am I paying this? Like, I have a family to feed. I don't want to fucking fill the coffers of Albany and New York City. That's the thing, too. You had like the city taxes, state tax, federal taxes. Federal taxes. It's all fucked, dude. And Philly's no different. That's another reason like I didn't move back to Philly. It was like Philly's got crazy city taxes as well. Ah, now we're now we're getting a Uncle bring it back Mar- up. We're getting Uncle bring Marty back angry. Up. We're gonna bring it back up. All right. Where are we bringing it back up to? We were talking about Swan. Yeah. So Swan is out of New York now. Yeah. And that's fine. I just it's weird that they're not like telling people really. Yeah, I've I've only heard this in telegram chats. Yeah. Maybe I mean, Give them the benefit of the doubt. They're probably trying to figure out. They're probably scrambling like, oh, (laughs) fuck. How do we support New York? Uh, But like, that's what it comes down to. Like, it should be a, it's a communication thing. And like, honestly, like I've told the strike guys this. I've told River this. I was like, don't even fucking waste your time in New York. And those, the reason I mentioned those two companies is because they don't support New York yet. And when I talk to them, I'm like, well, you know, as someone who's a New York resident, I can't use your service. And then they always immediately go, we're working on it. You know, like we're trying to make it happen. It's like, no, don't like you're wasting your time <laughs> and you're just money. letting you know that I've never tried your service. Ben Lossky. I hope you're happy. You fucking disgusting revolving door piece of shit. Like it's fuck. Ah, that's made a lot of money consulting people navigating the bit license. So I'm sure he's pretty happy. Wait, is that Nidig now? Is he happy though? Is he happy though, Ty? Oh, right. He has to live with the fact that he, literally ruined uh, a, a budding economy and like Bitcoin business potential in New York because of his, because of his greed. He has to live with that for the rest of his life. He like that, that has to eat away. Like, yes, you can make a shit ton of money. I mean, I like that at the end of the day, when he's on his deathbed, he's going to look back and be like, ah, fuck, maybe oh, I shouldn't have I done fucked that. Up Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. well, you didn't, well, that's the thing. You didn't fuck up Bitcoin. You fucked up New York. Yeah. yeah. Like New York, New York suffering right now. Yeah. Fuck bit license York. isn't bad for Bitcoin. It's bad for New York. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't fuck up Bitcoin at all. Um, you fucked up New York. New York's beyond. And to get back to Yassine's uh, original question, like is new mayor Adams going to fix bit license? I think he's got lower fruit. Uh, like the the kids' vax mandate, I think he's going to come in and be like, "All right, we're not going to do that." Like, oh no, no, he's pro vaccine mandate. Oh, is he? Yeah. Wait, uh, has he come out and? That's said why it? I think it's so funny. Like politicians, you know, like people are like, "Oh, like oh, this is like we finally got a Bitcoin mayor in New York." It's like, you know, the year is twenty twenty one. The low bar isn't Bitcoin. The low bar is, you know, not mandating vaccines across the whole fucking city. Right. Ooh. I knew that was going to happen. Whiskey transfer. I just tried to slide the whiskey to Marty. Actually, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, it's fucked. It's all fucked. Yeah, but have you guys heard of New York City Coin? Oh. <laughs> it's coming to Austin. Wait, too, so you apparently. know how the city coins work, right? Dude, we've been getting a lot of car got, car got uh, 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 
how would I describe this car? Like you got a should, should we say that a veiled threat? Is that what it was? Uh -oh. The stacks people are not happy with us. That was like a better slide, but it's also like really far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stacks people are not happy with TFTC right now. I mean, why? I think I we ex we explained to the freaks exactly how stacks works, and then they can go and make their own judgment call. Yeah. What do you think about Maneev's thread this week? I did not read it. What was Bitcoin, it? Bitcoin maximalists are holding back Bitcoin. Ty, you have some thoughts here. No, I mean, that's uh, look. Certain people, I don't want to name names, but I think you know who we're talking about. are like trying to push this narrative of like, you know, Bitcoin maximalism and like, you know, like a hardcore Bitcoiners are now like holding Bitcoin back and like toxic to newbies. Um, I'm not sure where it's coming from, but it seems like a coordinated effort. It's not coordinated. It's not coordinated, but it's like an easy, low hanging fruit. No, like, the, oh, let's no, the shit coiners, the shit coiners have been like Bitcoin maximalism was a term created as an epithet. It's a negative By term. Vitalik. It's 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 always been a negative term, and certain Bitcoiners tried to adopt it and embrace it and use it against the people that created the term. To basically, basically, what the term says is, you don't like my project because it's not Bitcoin. And that's not the case. I don't like your project because it's unethical and it's poorly, you know, designed. Yeah, like that's the issue. Like, I don't think it will work. Not because it's not Bitcoin. I don't think it'll work because it, it seems like a literal Ponzi. Like it's dependent on more <laughs> Bitcoin coming into the stacks ecosystem, right? As as you described it to me, I haven't dove into the way. It'd, be, it'd be more, more like a pyramid scheme. Isn't that what? A, what's the difference? Ponzi has a guy named central, like Albert yeah. Ponzi that is yeah. like handling it. Yeah, there is a difference, but it's like my It's more difference. like distributed. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone can participate in it. If they own stacks, they receive the proceeds of the Bitcoin that are going into the basically this like forever ICO. Yeah. So I guess stacks could sustain itself and just not give out dividends. If nobody's putting Bitcoin into the stacks, I don't really want to talk about stacks, okay. but I do want to have a conversation about Bitcoin maximalism and the term Bitcoin maximalism. I don't like the term because I, 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 I've never personally called myself a Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, yeah, my, my, uh, I've been referred to as like, one many times. So that's what I go with. Like people would refer to me as a Bitcoin maximalist. Right. That's what I say. Yeah. I'm yeah. a Bitcoiner. Yeah. I think Bitcoin is going to change the world for the better. I choose to focus on that rather than the millions of distractions that exist us in every aspect of our life, including shit coins. And I, I just, it's just interesting. It, this always happens. This happens like almost every bull market. This is why, like we were talking about before we hit record, but like there's so many like bullish signals going on, like uh, newsletter, open rates going up, podcast downloads going up. Uh, shit coiners emailing me to come on the podcast. Like these are uh, historically like pre bull market, like leading indicators for the and TFTC like, crowd. We literally had, we literally had the stellar team in front of Congress, you know, dragging Bitcoin through the mud saying it was uh, bad for the environment and that proof of work is bad for the environment and that stellar is, is the solution there. That proof of stake is this. I don't even. Is Stellar Stellar's not even really proof of stake, is it? It's got like a weird validator model, um, just like permissioned validators. Anyway, yeah. but but the point is is like that is toxic. What is toxic is taking your pre mine and like dumping it on retail. Um, 
are there Bitcoiners that are, you know, that, that, that will just personally attack people? Yeah. Sure. You- but I, I think if you take a certain Bitcoiner and say that and, and then just say that all Bitcoiners are like that, then you're the toxic one. Yeah. Like you're part of that issue. It's low effort. And you've done a good job of calling this out in the past, like the low effort, like clout chasers, quote unquote, Bitcoin maximalists on Twitter, just like doing it to get aroused and get attention versus like just stay true. Like we have the moral and logical high ground. Like you don't I'll, need- to- I'll say something from an architect. Uh, so I think that this is like a really interesting question, especially as like someone who is so philosophically and ideologically aligned with Bitcoin and as like a sort of investor asset manager, I think there's no current or future use case for me that is as exciting as an uninflatable, uncensorable sovereign money. With that being said, it's so interesting to see some of the like interest beyond Bitcoin that at least we're getting on a daily basis. And I think it's, it's almost like a, an apples to oranges comparison where Bitcoin's conservatism is actually like its primary value proposition in like a hyper progressive world that is focused on extremely, you know, advanced technology. It's like Bitcoin survives because it's extremely principled and has ethos and is, you know, not, is anti-VC. Like we like to internally at ARC say like the reason why A16Z is shilling POS and saying Bitcoin is bad for the energy, for the environment is because they can't make massive returns on Bitcoin. And that's something that's like extremely compelling as a, as a holder and as a retail investor. Uh, and, and, and so it's like, it's, it, it's a non-starter that Bitcoin is competing in a league of its own. I like, and I follow a lot of what you're talking about, Marty, it's, it's won the energy game and a lot of people don't realize that. Uh, where, where I'm having trouble like reconciling even, even my own thoughts and my own investment approach is that there is still a ton of mind share that's being captured by things outside of Bitcoin. Yeah, we had a discussion about this what, like we did. one or two months ago. Right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. We, we, we had this discussion where, where it's like, it's hard to dismiss a lot of the things that are going on outside of Bitcoin. And it's not to say that it's a replacement to the monetary revolution that Bitcoin is capturing. And it's not to say that there is going to be a legitimate competitor to becoming a global based money like Bitcoin is positioned. But there is mindshare. And it's like innovative in, in what it's doing. And, it, and in a way that like, whereas Bitcoin needs to be conservative to survive, I think when you're seeing with like this whole ETH and Solana and all these like smart I, contract platforms. I love that knife yeah, fight that's going on right it's now. It's the exact opposite where they're like, <laughs> they have to compromise some of their ethos and censorship resistant properties and decentralization because what they're competing on is like, better, faster, cheaper. Bitcoin doesn't want to be better, faster, cheaper, and it shouldn't be. And so it's like, they're kind of stuck in a very, very hard, like, I don't know what the saying is, the rock in a hard place or whatever. That's the saying. Okay, <laughs> but but it's like, how do you innovate at the pace of like centralized, centralized status quo? Well, I guess yeah. this is what I always fall back on, like, not how do you innovate, but at what pace do you need to innovate? Like, I'm a big believer in there's like an order of operations to right, this. Right, like, right. You need to sound money. You need it to be sufficiently distributed. You need layers on top of that. And that's always been my thesis and my approach to how we get all that mind share to come to Bitcoin. It's like, it's going to come eventually. This is my view. Yeah. 
but we just need the order of operations to play out. But how, how does it come if you get so much pushback from what's being so this defined is, or labeled as the maximalist? So when, this, yeah. When so this is, is like, a, he's a, he's a Bitcoiner. Like he's, yeah. uh, I, I actually met him before he launched the stacks token. I think like block stacks, block stack actually existed. Yeah. Of, w- without stacks. And they were able to create like a, a really interesting stack that didn't rely on a, like a, a token. Uh, well, yeah, well, I, I, I'm just curious on your take of how do you reconcile that we're hyper conservative because we need to be and we're going to welcome experimentation and we're effect- effect- effectively going to a- assume, you know, all the properties that these other uh, platforms are are trying to take lead on. Yeah, well, again, it goes back to the order of operation. I think Matt does a good job of, like, so there is a temperance, I believe. I'll just speak for myself. Like, the temperance with which I approach these types of arguments is like, hey, like, I I recognize all this is going on. And I, I do think, I mean... It's like it's just they're not compete. They're competing on two different axes. Is my point. Well, like then like, you get then you get back to like the economic yeah. argument. Like, like why do these things have like you? It's, it's the utility token argument. It's like no, I, I agree. Does not I, I, I agree, but PQ. there's 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 so much more going on. I, I, here here's my my general take. If you're if you're a shit coiner that's coming to me and shilling your shit coin because you don't like Bitcoin, I I can't take you seriously. It's like you kind of first need to understand like what Bitcoin's value proposition is before you explore things beyond. Uh, But I think it's, you can't have the cake and eat it too, where you pride yourself on how conservative Bitcoin is and then assume it's going to create sort of as much interest in the applications beyond just being a base money. I I, I mean, take this money. Matt, like, I think you do a good job of... Wait, wait, I, I just want to jump in here real quick. Okay. Yes. I believe, I'm, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm pro-free market. I like the idea of free market. I, like, I think the idea of Bitcoin is super cool that we have... <laughs> we have a mic for Matt's bottle. It's the most important mic. Anyway, I, I think it's important that, that Bitcoin ended up... Th- this, this ecosystem that Bitcoin created the birth of Bitcoin created is this idea of permissionless innovation. Anyone can fork Bitcoin. Anyone can launch their own network. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, It's code. It's open source code. Uh, That is really fucking cool. And there's inherently skin in the game. So you can trade these networks against each other, whatever their tokens are against each other. And if you win, you win. If you get wrecked, you get wrecked. And I think everyone has the right to get wrecked. And when they do get wrecked, uh, they should take personal responsibility and realize that they got themselves wrecked. With all that said, um, in this in the specific situation of stacks, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about stacks, and we were yeah. talking about this yeah. earlier, and I'm going to say it again because now yeah. we're on fucking air and we were talking about it. <laughs> is, Sorry, Matt. Is they intentionally conflate the idea of mining with this idea of sending Bitcoin to these tokens. They they intentionally took the Bitcoin meme of stacking and now like stacking sats is using their pre-mine token to stake their branding. Stacks. They took that really from you, dude. They, they, they put, they put, well, I would like to, yeah. I mean, I think stacking sats was a community thing. Like I, I think the reason it's a powerful meme is because the community adopted That's it. So it's not because I said Matt. it. Stay humble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, they're co-opting the brand. Yeah. They, yeah that, and, that's and, probably what and they come, it's conflated. Right. And, and this idea and the, the original distribution of stacks 
was done in a way uh, that was very insider, not yeah, open, not permissionless. Well, right. I don't want to focus um, on stacks alone, though. Like, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying I, that's I, where I this I is can't coming speak from. On behalf of, like, I can't but, speak but there's a stacks. lot. But stacks is the new one. Right. All of these things tend to be equivalent with ETH. It's 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 the same thing that happened with ETH. ETH just happened in the past generation, and stacks is happening in this generation. That's how I that's how I see it. So, you know, you should disclose trade offs. You should disclose conflict of interest. Uh, you shouldn't try and intentionally hide it with marketing and messaging. And that's where the, you know, <laughs> that's where the, that, that, that's where the issue to me lies. Um, and I just want, I think people should have all the information in front of them. If they want to gamble on things, if they want to play around with new tools, if they want to do whatever, uh, you know, like, so be it like that. That's what a free market is. Um, I think ultimately the overwhelming majority of people, if they stay humble and stack sats rather than trading these tokens, will do better long term. Like if you're a VC or a hedge fund, yeah, incentives are skewed. No, I mean you get into the pre-allocation. We're VCs now. No, no, no. But <laughs> but I mean we're Bitcoin only. We're Bitcoin only well, venture fund in Bitcoin companies. By being Bitcoin only, you also have an incentive to just talk Bitcoin. But that's true. That's true. But I think historically, historically, if you are retail, if you are retail and you are just uh, accumulating Bitcoin long term, putting work in and accumulating Bitcoin long term, you will probably do better than if you try and gamble on if you try you and trade. You will definitely do better. Like the, even, like, and, uh, mentally, you'll also feel a lot. But harder. my point is, the reason I say probably is because there is a theoretical situation sure. where you 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 sell the top. You, you like actually trade successfully, right? 99% of people will not trade successfully, but there's a scenario where, you know, you trade the top and it's fucking fantastic for you. And there are people that successfully do that. Like they do exist, yeah. but the overwhelming majority don't. Uh, so, you know, that's, and, and, and we only have so much time. Well, we yeah. only have so much time in this world. So like, where does the focus lie? That's and most the, people don't have enough Bitcoin. Shit stop Everyone going does not. Even Michael Saylor doesn't have enough Bitcoin. I think nobody has enough Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, he owns no Bitcoin. I, I you know, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> the focus should be trying to accumulate as many stats as possible. That is, you know, high signal to me. And that's, you know, where my focus I agree. is. So like a perfect example of this, I went to my cousin's wedding uh, two months ago. And my second cousin, who was telling me why I should buy Shiba, is probably not going to uh, sell the top of Shiba. He's probably right? not going to make it. No, he's probably not going to make it. Like, and then he gets burnt out afterwards. He's like, it's all a scam. And then he like fucking walks away. Exactly. Definitely. I mean, there's def there's massive opportunity costs. And if you if you just stuck to just Bitcoin, it is a prudent strategy. I, I still think that's independent from the fact that things are still happening outside of Bitcoin, that Bitcoin might not. Right. Uh, but these things are absorb. never going to stop. Like we're not like sure. shit coins will never go away. And there's going to be new ones next cycle, like more innovation or whatever. Yeah. At what point do we say, do we like completely like detether from shit coins? Like, you know, for me, I'm coming to the belief that Bitcoin is, you know, Bitcoin is one is money. Nobody's coming after that role as right. you know that hard money that. role shit coins are products they're like tech products vc tech products who the fuck cares let them do their thing yeah. and you know what we're, we're not here to police adults you know who want to gamble like they can you know buy uh you know they can buy gamestop they can buy eth who the fuck cares we're not here to police them so why don't we spend our time instead of fighting shit coins 
you know, just uh, doing what we do and promote. I, I have 100% agree with that. That's, and that is what I've dedicated like the last two years. Cause again, like you've seen, you caught onto it. Like the energy thing is like the biggest thing that's going on in Bitcoin right now. And that's like where a lot of my efforts go on in the last two years is like, just get Bitcoin integrated into the energy sector stack. And it's, but, it's game yeah. over. I mean, but that reminds me like that adds another aspect to it. And I kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, Shitcoin, like, even if even if you're saying okay, so I'm being a little bit toxic by well, calling them shitcoins. Well, you know what? This, so let's say you know what alternative. One second, alternative chains, okay, should not be in the same boat as Bitcoin. It should not be compared to as Bitcoin. And so we're focused on Bitcoin. People, other people can be focused on whatever the fuck they want. If they want to collect, you know, JPEGs. Hello Kitty dolls or whatever, yeah. it's fine with me. If they want to. Uh, work on, on on trading ownership of baseball cards. That's fine with me. If they want to trade stocks in a in a more efficient manner, that's fine with me. But the problem is those altcoin promoters will then come out and say, "This is Bitcoin 2.0. This is better than Bitcoin. That, that Bitcoin is slow. Yeah. Bitcoin that, isn't efficient. Bitcoin is is a dinosaur. That I stand. And you will make more money if you come yeah. and. Give me your Bitcoin, which I am going to hold, by the way. Like, Justin Sun has a shit ton of Bitcoin. Look at right. EOS. Right. EOS has a shit ton billion, of Bitcoin. They have four billion of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And, that, yeah. and that's, what, that's what goes wrong with all of the things outside of Bitcoin, is that they're also comparing themselves to Bitcoin when they're positioning their own projects. But how much are they doing that now? Like, I don't hear we're the next Bitcoin that much, you know, 2021. Oh, super, or what is it? Ultrasound money? What the fuck? Yeah, but those are yeah. like, that's like five, yeah, like, that, E-card, that's more like maximalist. Me- memeing, but I think fun- fundamentally, th- there is a an acknowledgement that they're competing on two different paths. Well, now they're all like, we're the next ETH. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's why I love the Solana ETH right. fight. Like, it's so, it's so interesting. It, to, to, yeah, I mean that that what we see now is mostly it's the next ETH, but I will say that the stacks concept is an interesting evolution of that strategy where instead of saying we're the next Bitcoin, we're built on top of Bitcoin and our consensus mechanism is better than proof of work or our, you know. Yeah, see, keep the mic, dude. We're fucking vibing right now. This is I mean, I love that we're having this conversation. Yeah, no, I think it's, impor- it's it's important because I I I, we had I, this conversation a month ago. Like, yeah, we did. Are, there, okay. There's there's just a, a lot of mind share. I I don't take anyone who doesn't understand Bitcoin seriously if they're talking another crypto book. Like, and that's the fundamental. If you understand the energy play that Bitcoin is in, if you understand that it is conservative by design, if you understand that it's a monetary and not a software revolution, I'll listen to what you have to say. I think the problem is that the majority of people are, are looking at this as like, Bitcoin is obsolete. Bitcoin is boring. You know, it, it is a failure of imagination to think that we're not going to have anything beyond just sound money. And I, I push back heavily against that. And it goes back to just where I am philosophically. Well, that's tech product mindset. Right, well, exactly. It's so tech product mindset. Exactly. It's so, product. so that's the point I'm trying, like, yeah. I want to make right now is like, this is a monetary re- revolution over a tech revolution. It certainly is a tech revolution with the combination of uh, variables that Satoshi put together with proof of work, difficulty adjustment, distributed systems, stuff like that. But it is, at the end of the day, that tech revolution enables a bigger monetary revolution. And for me, coming from an economics background and really digging into Austrian economics, like what really irks me about like the shitcoin world is like the token stuff. Again, the utility token, like everything's going to be priced in Bitcoin. Like why 
do you need to tokenize everything and have like well, a with free stacks, float? you need the token exactly. Well, I, like, I, I, why I mean, do you need no, that? no, but stacks, you need the token, yeah, no, but like the way stacks <laughs> works, you need the token. <laughs> the token needs to exist. My issue with that, stacks is more the distri I, distribution of the original token. You can't do stacks with sats, is my point. Why, like, but. Again, going back to order While of operations. While being super critical of stacks, I just want to make but clear this point. Like, there are some situations where why do you need the token? Going back to order of operations, though, like, why can't you have a token on a second, third layer eventually well, like with where stacks, that is possible? Again, like, I think we're just stacks, like... stacks, you're literally trying to incentivize hashing into the Bitcoin blockchain, and you need another token besides Bitcoin to incentivize that. Yeah. And that is the stacks token. The problem with that, to me, the biggest problem to that, to me, is that it was... Uh, private sales uh, to closely held investors, and then ICOs happened. They like got very excited that they had like the first regulated ICO, which is like to me like, I like I like look back with nostalgia to the unregulated ICOs. Like at least those remember, were like permissionless without KYC. Remember like, fair are, proof of work launches, like like fair proof of work launches, which like in, two, in 2013 were like oh. But no, what, what you could do is you could, fork, you could fork stacks, you could fork stacks, same exact tech, free and open source software, fork stacks, instead of the stacks token being held by privately held individuals, having the founder uh, who wants to argue in bad faith on Twitter, holding 8% of all stacks supply and getting 8% of all new Bitcoin that are coming into the stacks ecosystem. You could do that with a snapshot of the Bitcoin UTXO set. If you own however much Bitcoin at that time, you get that much Stacks 2.0 token. And then you can do the same exact thing they're doing. You can do all the expressive smart contracts that they're doing that are Ether Ethereum style. You can do that with a snapshot of the ledger that dictates the global wealth of the world, exactly. which is Bitcoin. You could do that, but they wouldn't make the money. Exactly. That's the point. I, you, you're much more eloquent than I am. But you need like, the token is my yeah, point. Exactly. Do you yeah. need the token? Like, you need the token, but you can use Bitcoin as the snapshot for the token. Yeah. To do a fairer distribution of the, of, of the token to begin with. Yeah. God, we're getting down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> this is a rabbit hole recap. But it, like, I think, no, I think, that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously we've had uh, Udi going on his rant, like, oh, you're going like, uh, Was yeah. Udi on? Oh, you said his name. Yeah. Udi verse. Udi. No, it wasn't all, but like Udi, Udi, Udi. <laughs> it's been oh, interesting. He's an antagonist, potentially. Uh, yeah, like who? Like his like attack to it. Again, it gets into like a semantics argument where it's like really like like you seen like you said like I all I care right like and like you said too, Matt. Like I'm just like focused. Like holy shit, this energy revolution is so big. It, it, it's, it's opportunity cost. Like you yeah. don't have for every minute that you spend thinking about something NFTs else, you can't spend on Bitcoin. For every dollar that you spend on 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 you know other coins, you can't spend on Bitcoin. Like, and then it comes to like trade offs. Like right. again, like what do we see this week? AWS went down. Didex like went down. Like right. all these anger went down. Banker went down. Good went down. No, no, it was fine. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's part of the point though. Is that you're if you're unlocking this additional functionality, you're increasing the attack surface area. And that's not something that Bitcoin wants to do necessarily. Yeah. Like I think I, I, I mean, I've, I've spent more and more time on just cause it's a function of what I have to do with my job and the interest from investors. But the idea of being able to like take a loan without relying on JP Morgan 
Yeah. I think it's a very compelling use case. I was talking about and, this with somebody this week too, it, but yeah. like, doesn't multi-sig make that easier as well? Can that drive the cost of if, capital if, down? If you, if you like the hot today told me that there's an application on Bitcoin where I can send Bitcoin to an address and then gain synthetic USD exposure. Hoddle, hoddle. Is that is no, that no unchain capital? Oh no, unchain cap. No, unchain, ca- unchain capital is a cent- is like centralized though. No, but it's not. but it's still it, there's there's multi sig elements there. So you have one. Both, by the way, disclosure, both of them have been or are currently they, sponsors. They both are currently sponsors. But <laughs> Hoddle Hoddle is a better example. Well, because Hoddle Hoddle doesn't have you. You KYC. hold a key. Your counterparty holds a key, and then and Hoddle, Hoddle, Hoddle holds the escrow. Like, yeah. No, no, but I would okay, say but, I would say. But you need you you need to have like you need to have someone else taking the, the other side of the loan, does, right? Does, yes. Well, all yeah, these loans, not, all not. these loans are over collateralized. Whether it's a Bitcoin sure. loan through a centralized product, or if it is a uh, Didex loan through a protocol, they're all over collateralized. Yeah. I would make the argument that the only reason there's a real market for over collateralized loans is because of our ridiculously burdensome tax system and where you, where you don't have to pay capital sure, gains no, taxes I mean, if you take that loan but, but like why would i ever the use case, in but. in a functioning society why would i ever put up a hundred dollars collateral to loan $20. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. I have a hundred dollars. Like why am I loaning $20? Yeah. That makes no this fucking is, sense. Matt, this is a yeah, fucking great point, fine, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think that it is acknowledged that the primary use case is tax arbitrage is to not necessarily need to pay capital gains tax when you trade yeah. in your asset for, for USD. But in a post Bitcoin world, we probably move to like the Bitcoin city model where you have, you know, a flat sales tax type of situation, a VAT tax. A consumption tax. Like yeah, a consumption like, tax. Move to a consumption tax. Like, I think that's yeah. much fairer if you compare and it to, like, income. And I think we do, like, ultimately. I mean, I think most places. What's a consumption? <laughs> this is why it's important we have Ty here. <laughs> Marty, explain the consumption. Well, consumption, then, like, instead of getting taxed on your tax. income and your work or how much property you own, it's like, all right, if you're going to consume... You live within the framework and you accept the framework that like if you consume from the earth, you should probably give back. Like consumption tax is much fairer than income or I guess a sales tax may be lumped in with a consumption tax, but like Well no, sales tax is a consumption tax. Yeah. Okay. Sales yeah. tax is the consumption tax. You go and yeah. buy an iPhone and you pay ten percent on that and you pay that to to build the roads. Yeah. And I'm like get, so, like, so many people are gonna be pissed off about that. No, but like I I, I can see that like again, meeting in happy mediums, like to me personally, that's a happy medium. Like, if you're going to choose between like, well, income, what's nice about the sales tax, about gains, the consumption like, tax, is capital gains tax, like I don't think should exist. Like, if you're willing to take the risk and put your capital on the line, you should be paying forty percent tax because you took what, the risk. What about what about unrealized capital oh gains? Yeah. <laughs> like the the problem to me with these other taxes is they require for enforcement they require like insane amount of surveillance. Yeah, like you have to surveil all of these different transactions in order to make sure people are complying with them. Yeah, which makes them very expensive to enforce, but also means that you're you're exposing all your citizens to all this, you know, increased risk of data and privacy issues. Um, with sales tax, like you just you need you need merchants to comply, uh, which is is a significantly smaller portion of the population than everybody. Uh, does it still like kind of suck for the merchants? Yes, you know, like they're getting surveilled, uh, they're getting projection revenues 
placed upon them to see like, are they paying the right amount of taxes for how much business they're doing? Yes, but it's extreme. It's way cheaper. It requires way less invasive surveillance. And then the overhead just on, on human beings, like just like this idea, like, like, like the accounting, the accounting industry alone, like burning, turbo tax, like all it, that shit. It like, like literally by the time we die, we're going to spend like 30% of our waking hours, like thinking about, you know, how would like, what is our tax burden and how do I make sure that I comply with the law with that? Yeah. Like it makes it's it very so fucking fucked. difficult. It's so fucked. And then, and again, like to point to concrete examples, like earlier this year, before we moved to Austin, my wife and I were like, Hey, We've never seen the leaves change up north. Let's drive to New Hampshire and like go check this out. Like before we officially make our move, and it is crazy the transition from Massachusetts, which is a, a very heavy blue state with a lot of taxes and a, a, like a very extractive uh, economy from the government standpoint. The transition from Massachusetts to New Hampshire it was jarring. How much better the roads in New Hampshire were compared to Massachusetts? Dude, the roads are great. Up here, yeah, yeah, and that's like always the biggest meme. Like, who's going to pave the roads? Like, well, this state that has less taxes has better roads than Massachusetts. Right, but you'll notice that Massachusetts has like the rest, the fancy ass rest stops, and like they're building out like all the like you know the visitor centers like that. Yeah, in Jersey Hampshire, sucks, but the Jersey rest stops are fucking fire. Well, yeah, they'll pump your really gas good. for you. You don't have to do it. I hate That's that, true. by the way. I only like pumping I, my own gas. I like pumping my own gas too, but I don't mind when it's like, all right, I can shit. <laughs> the Marty flight's like, I'll take I, premium. No, I, I've spent a con- I've, Fill her up. I think, I've spent a, I think I've spent a majority of my life in Jersey. Uh, even though I grew up in Philly, I would spend at least three months a year in Jersey. And then when I go back, I actually go back to Jersey, go to the shore. Like that's where I prefer to be. But like, yeah, that's, I had a roommate who was from North Jersey in, in college. And like, he literally didn't know how to pump gas. When he got oh, so many people. It's Jersey. so yeah, fucking no hilarious. Yeah. I mean, they have, yeah. yeah. And also, you know what a, a big free state measure for me is? And like, people don't realize this from free states is in a free state, you can, uh, when you pump your gas, you don't have to jam your gas cap in to hold the thing in. It just, you just press the, the oh, little, a little clip. lever that yeah. just holds it. Like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, they don't allow you to do that. Yeah, that is actually a very good observation. You have to I, never jam, I always jam my gas cap in. To I don't know if that's illegal or not. I, mean, I don't do that. Uh, but you would have to. You would have to if you were if you were filling up your gas and you didn't want to just hold the fucking handle. But in free states, you can just push the the steel Put cap down. thing. Yeah, you just push the thing. In. Yeah. So Marty, you have to go on. You have to go to the airport in twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. minutes. I want to talk about this Swiss tech executive. Um, let's pull that up car. This, this, there's a Swiss firm that does all the text messaging and phone registration for Twitter, Google, Alibaba, TikTok. Um, there's more, keep going down. There's more fucking everybody, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, Telegram, Tencent. And he also on the side has a surveillance firm that was uncovered. And like he literally has all of this cell phone information that he uses and then sells it to governments and corporations. And like very, very few matter, people though? are talking about this. Doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, another thing you don't have the list that we should probably <laughs> talk about, like Tim Cook, like actively working with the Chinese Communist Party. 
I didn't know about this. No, you didn't. That was like a big news thing this week. Like he, there's documents that have come out. I don't know if they were leaked or they had to be released. Well, like, like with the iCloud capacity. stuff? Uh, like he like entered in a contract with the Chinese communist. Oh, yeah, we know. I mean, we know we've talked about previously on RHR that he, Look they have control of iCloud up. in China. They yeah. have full control of iCloud in China. So they don't have to give a warrant or anything. Look up Apple China. Wait, no, no. I mean, this, this, we cannot, we cannot gloss over this though. No. This is literally like every major, well, every major e-commerce social media platform is using MidOHAG out of Switzerland to handle all their text messaging stuff. The, all your two-factor, all your text message notifications. Your, your, your phone number is already almost always assigned to your, your real name and your home address and your office address and everything that's associated with you. They have all of that stuff. And then he, he has all that information and he's selling it as a surveillance company and all these big companies haven't fucking talked about it. Well, agreed. Ooh, camera down, camera down, camera down. Michael from Oshi app is crushing the, uh, the camera reallocation. Just put it on. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> There's car. It's nice that Marty is having uh, connection issues right now. Yeah, I am frozen. No, but the point, the point I was trying to make with the Apple story, which car will pull up, uh, it's like, yes, that's happening. It's terrible. But, <laughs> but does it even does it even matter? Like if Apple is just I mean, yes, you have Apple, Android, other cell phones. It does providers. matter, Marty. I mean, it does like from a principal standpoint, but like again, like is that noise above the signal, which is like Apple's no. just sending this to everybody anyway. Like it doesn't even matter if this Swiss company is collecting it. Like it Apple, does. Apple's below that Swiss company and they're doing it anyway. No, I mean, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, the telecom companies, the, the phone companies, uh, the phone providers, the mobile providers have more information on you than Apple does. I mean, I could go into an Apple store and I can go buy a MacBook with cash. That chick one I have in my pocket, I admitted to earlier, I can go and buy that, right? They don't know my home address. They don't know my office address. They don't know every location I've been to. Like there's, there's, yes, in some situations, like if you get an iPhone through AT&T or something or Verizon Sprint and you some know, they situations, have your situations, that's most situations, bro. That's <laughs> <laughs> some, like, but my, my, my point is, is, yeah, my, my, my point is, is that I, I would not say that Apple doing this uh, is like, okay, here's my example. You're ready? Where's the signal? No, you're ready? Where's the signal? No, my point is, my point is I, I talk about on this show, Apple is spying on you. Google is spying on you. This has been a very constant narrative on the show. Yes. Okay. Consider using Calyx or graphene. Okay. Okay. Now you go out and you buy a SIM card and you buy it KYC free. Wait, you're seeking privacy. You're trying to seek privacy. Middle AG is using all of these networks. If you use any of these networks, Telegram, Twitter, TikTok, any of these networks, they're fucking tracking you based on your cell phone number, regardless of the operating system you're using. So it's a, it's a, to me, that's a level above that, right? Like should Apple be doing fucking surveillance shit? Should they be, you know, working with authoritarian regimes? Obviously not. Should Google be doing that? Obviously not. But like, even if you seek out privacy, if you have a phone number and you use one of these services, 
this Swiss company is also tracking you yes. and is selling that data. Is also. Yeah. Is also. So like, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, is this just like a distraction? We're like, hey, focus on the Swiss company taking all this information from Instagram and all these apps and point your ire at them. And meanwhile, everybody's like, ah, like I'm still using the iPhone. I'm still using like an Android that's well, not Calyx OS compatible. It's car, not, pull up that. It's not graphene compatible. Not right. to downplay this, but like what kind of information are they getting from like these text messages? I mean, obviously like 2FA and stuff like that, but what else are they deriving from, you know, collecting this information? I mean, the information, I mean, if they can get it in clear text, I don't know if like, they just know metadata that people are communicating with each other. But I mean, they're literally MidoAG does like the authentication stuff. So like they know your username and then they know your phone number. But is it just, probably the two main things. And then they can cross reference to that with other databases. Yeah. That might have your location, might have your name, address, stuff like that. It's like another thing on top of everything else. But like, think about it. Like if you have an Apple device, if I have this iPhone, like Apple's going to get that information anyway. It doesn't matter if I'm using Instagram, TikTok, like they have the ability to pull that data. So what's this Apple news? What What's going on with the Apple news? Tim Cook like made like a personal um, deal. In with, 2016. Like, yeah. Promising that Apple would help develop China's economy and technological capabilities. Well, that's vague. Like, what is this deal, though? It's behind a paywall. An extensive paywalled report. That's a scam. Uh, An extensive paywalled report based on interviews and purported internal Apple documents. The information revealed that Tim Cook personally forged a five-year agreement with the Chinese government during a series of in-person visits to the country in 2016. The need to push for a closer alliance with the Chinese government reportedly came from a number number of Apple, Apple executives, I'm drunk right now, who were concerned about bad publicity in China and the company's poor relationship with Chinese officials. So the story here is purported behind a paywall, the intercepts, or not the intercept, the information's reporting that Tim Cook did a personal deal or a deal via Apple with the Chinese Communist Party to say, hey, we'll try to build products that that live and operate within your specs. Um, they basically strong arm. They basically strong arm. Yeah. They say, if you want Apple in China, you have to do this, this, and that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's fucked up. Yeah. And like, again, that's the point I'm trying to get to. Like, this is but, a layer below the Swiss company you're describing. Like, does it even matter? Like, is that just trying to like- As a non-Apple user, the Swiss company nudes means more to me. Don't, you don't call yourself a non-Apple user. What am I using that's Apple? I mean, it's been public. You have Apple devices. I don't use any Apple devices right now. Right now? Yeah, I had a MacBook Air for TFTC that I've since switched to Linux on that device. Uh, and I've gone Linux completely and you name and shame Linux. You blame Linux for my connection <laughs> issues, <laughs> like for all my things. I got my I got my phone right here, which is a fucking Pixel 5 running Calyx, which is being tracked by Mido AG because I connected <laughs> to Telegram and Twitter. Yeah. I don't use any Apple products right. right now. You're good right now. I've, the only two Apple products I've ever had is I had a single iPhone and I had a single MacBook Air. And in Matt's defense, a single iPhone was forced upon him. He didn't buy it willingly. Yeah. Yeah. And it lasted like three months. Yeah, but like, and I still use it for like banking apps because like I don't want to put them on this phone. Yeah, on Wi-Fi. Yeah, 
But like, but like, so so with with the big news that we had on Apple uh, with China is that actually what China does, uh, what Apple agreed with China is instead of Apple holding the servers for iCloud, mm-hmm. um, they have a Chinese government subsidiary owns the oh, servers. Lovely. So the subsidiary never actually actually reach out to Apple for information requests. So it's Apple just going straight to yeah, it just Are goes to their servers. Order. We've talked about it on Rabbit Hole Recap before, like six months ago, eight months ago, or something like that. Wow, that's such a fucking sneaky, yeah. slimy loophole. Yeah, and then we're and not then, collecting your data. And then they report like global information requests, like oh, the U.S. government asked for this much information with warrants. This government, but they don't have to do it with China because they don't have to ask them. They just have the servers. They just have it. That's so fucked. Yeah. Fuck. All right, Martin Jones is about to come out. Martin Jones. <laughs> Freaks. We're at a pivotal point in human history. Like, we need to fight back against this. Like, it's imperative. Like, that, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Do we have martyjones.com? <laughs> Not anymore if we were trying to get it. Some freaks. <laughs> Matt's going to go buy a URL right now. But, like. I said last week that I don't buy URLs anymore. So are these tech companies and like these uh, VC firms are this hyperbole in saying that they're basically the 21st century equivalent of IBM working with the Nazis? Yeah. Yeah. I I might own it though. I might have bought it drunk the other day. I think, uh, I think, Ty, I think that's a very accurate and fair assessment of like what these things are like. And again, it's like the banality of evil argument. Like they may think like, oh, we're just like extracting revenue for our company. Like this is the way to do it. Like the best way to do it is to be able to get access to metadata and use that metadata to put advertisements in front of people. And then on the back end, we're selling the metadata to governments that are using that to pinpoint people to like pull them out of their homes. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if the banality of evil thing. You think think it's overtly overtly evil. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's overtly nefarious. That's like, again, we have this discussion all the time on RHR and, TFTC and in person, like, and I keep going back and forth. Is it incompetence? Is it naivety or is it nefariousness? Like, I don't know. I think different for different people, different actors. Um, you know, it's a combination of all those. Yeah. It's so fucked. But like, that is the thing. Like, and it's an incentives problem, right? Like, they're incentivized to collect this data so they can sell it to advertisers and then once you get to that point it's like oh what else can i do with this data you know what the chinese government's going to pay me 500 million dollars over five years if i give this to them like we need to be reporting earnings reports at apple and so we like we need this revenue to pump our share price like again incentivize like what we talked about in the beginning of the episode trying to rework the way content and media distribution is monetized like can that change the incentive structure we're not incentivized. the ad models are surveillance model yeah exactly like, if we change that incentive structure, like, what is that? And Adam do? Curry would go even further and say the ad model is a censorship model as well. It is, yeah. Mm. And I think we've uh, done the, I, I don't want, like, I don't know anybody else who does the ads the way we do and disclaimers the way we do. I think we try to be as pure as possible as being. I almost, what other Bitcoin podcast has ever said the word disclosure? I don't know. But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the incentives of ads versus. That was an honest question. I don't know. I don't know. That's the honest answer. I've definitely, you know, never heard Peter McCormick say the word disclosure. I don't like. I'm curious how many times he said it in the hours of his podcast. Yeah. Um, 
but can we change the incentive structure with like, so fuck now we're drunk and we're probably going to leak alpha, but like talking business on air, like it's impossible to leak alpha in a post Bitcoin so world. Lessons I learned from Barstool. Lessons I learned from Barstool. Barstool, huge media production company. Like fucking Dave Portnoy is one of the geniuses of our generation. He's not the most eloquent. He's, he's certainly like uh, abrasive in certain aspects. I fucking love Dave Portnoy, but he proved that you can do media in a different way. You can own it. And you can like have a voice and be like steadfast behind that voice and people will rally behind you. They've monetized via advertising, learned a lot while working at Barstool for a very short period of time. Dave would say I was there for a cup of coffee. And what I always wondered now that like Lightning Network is, is where it is, like, what if we could change that? Like, what if Dave and Barstool didn't have to cater to advertisers? What if they could fucking just like depend on the stoolie energy that exists like stoolies come out and they monetize bar stool it's proven black friday like that's how they make a lot of money is they're like the merch sales because stoolies want to put economic value behind bar stool because they like the content they're putting out and they like the voices they're putting out it's like what if you were able to cut out advertisers and do i can't talk about like like so what if via the lightning network what we do with podcasting 2.0 right now Car gets a cut, you get a cut, I get a cut, DJ gets a cut, written content, everything. Like, what if you create a platform where it's like, hey, if you want to create good content about Bitcoin, liberty, and beauty in the digital age, come to TFTC. We will give you that platform. Give us your Lightning Network pub key. We're going to put it into this RSS feed. You're going to get a lion's share of the revenue produced by the content that you produce. The company's going to get a little bit of it because we're providing you the platform. Like, how does that change? How things get modified. It changes everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, but that, that, that solves the incentive problem for media, right? But what about like Apple? Like Apple doesn't operate on an ad model. So how do you solve for that? Like they're just giving away, you know, information and working with the uh, CCP and they well, don't have an ad model. What is the information valuable for? Advertisers. Like that is why, like, well, so it starts with like, that's the point I was trying to make. Like they start with like, hey, we get all this metadata. We know who's going to what website, no, no, we know I mean, where they are, we know where they're shopping. And so like, here's that data, the physical shop, like you can feed them advertisements as they're passing. Like here's 20% off to come into Madewell. Right, but, well, for, no, but no, for the CCP. The reason for like Apple is, is Apple is not an ad model company. They are a subscription model company. And right yes, now, if you, you accept subscriptions, iPhone. if you accept subscriptions, you have to take personally identifiable information through credit cards, whatnot. And Bitcoin fixes that. So if you integrate sats instead, then they don't have to have all of that information on their customers in order to accept the subscription payments in the first place. You can subscribe to iCloud and just be streaming them sats instead of, you know, from a private, having three different third parties note. that are all surveillance companies. Again, going and, back to like, order of operations, how do they get to this part where they're like, all right, we're going to sell our souls to the CCP. It's like, all right, we're going to start. We need to collect this data to sell these ads. I mean, they'll still, even in that model, they'll still probably sell their souls to the CCP because there's, you know, a billion people there that they want to sell phones to, right? Yeah, yeah. Like all these which is a goddamn yeah. shame. <laughs> you get a lot. Like, app developers have to appease Apple. Like, Michael can talk about that. Yeah, Michael, hop on. Michael from the Oshi app. Like, how do you have to appease the Apple? Uh, we don't. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> like, so our customers are paying with Bitcoin. We have no, like, information on... Uh, on our customers whatsoever. They're paying over lightning. So we have no 
identifiable information other than an email address, which could just be like a throwaway dummy email. So yeah, other than that, we haven't gotten uh, that much further. No, but like <laughs> it's as cash, it's, it's, it's peer to peer digital cash. We've gotten away so from can't. the whole handing your, you know, local business, a $20 bill. Like now you have to hand them all of your personally identifiable information with the swipe of a card. And we all fell for like the cashback stuff and we don't do a transaction without that. So Bitcoin is a return to a cash based economy in the digital sphere. Digital cash, baby. That's right. It's quite simple, right? Yeah. But like still like there is a point where like, Apple, or not even Apple, the U.S. government go to Apple like, hey, we don't like that. Oh, she's enabling this peer-to-peer distributed cash system. Like, cut them off. Oscar, like Oscar from Fountain, he was telling me about. Yeah, but if you're running, if you're running an Android phone, you can just sideload the yeah on the APK. Yeah, but again, no, you don't even need F-Droid. You just go to their website and you just press the download button, and then you press the install, and then you're you're good to go. Oh, just a web app. Yeah. yeah, or it could just be a web browser. Do you have, do you have, That's you that was Embassy's workaround. Uh, you do have a web app? Like, mm-hmm. Embassy's. What's work- the website? Oshiapp.com. O S H I. O S H I Satoshi. And they, they, there's only single letters in all of those. There's no two I's or two U's or no. anything. No, no, no. <laughs> Brains double I. Interesting. It's <laughs> an interesting years. strategy. Moon two U's is the worst branding. Moon. Mune. Um, I've got five minutes here. I I've, had someone pronounce it Mune yesterday. Mune. You use the Mune Wait, one? you want me to... <sighs> I've got five minutes. I, I got to get to the airport. My wife will murder me if I don't get home today. Okay. How can we solve that incentive? Uh, no, we can't. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so what do you want to cover the last five minutes? Boom. You were about to go into a thought. I want to see that thought through. Uh, if, if you were going to onboard someone, which app would you onboard them on? They don't own Bitcoin. They're Bitcoin curious. Uh, Blue Wallet. I fucking, it's too no, easy. Moon Wallet, man. Boon, moon, Blue Wallet. Moon Wallet. Moon Wallet. <laughs> I'm drunk. Blue Wallet's too easy, dude. It's too easy. Okay. You, if you think Blue Wallet's easy, Moon with two U's is easier. Okay. I just got into this argument last. Uh, Bukele does not uh we got a question did matt get an answer for bukele about oh, el salvador custody they hold it with i am 99 percent certain i know exactly which custodian they're holding it with and it's an american regulated custodian they're not holding their own keys is it coinbase it is not coinbase All right. I, full disclosure and i've i've said this to many people over the last years couple months more particularly like i'm a lazy user once i find something that i like i like we're aware i like blue wallet it's easy for me it's easier for people like i go but when you when you load a blue wallet oh no they don't make you take your seed words which is good yeah you can export it so i'm like hey no but you can use it without backing up i I think it's important that you can use the mobile wallet without backing. i would say blue wallet is good uh we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go yeah okay No, no keep going Finish your like talk. blue wallet's a decent option for the onboarding. Yes. Uh, if they want to accept lightning, though, it's custodial. Yes, but like again, like ease people in. But with right? Moon, it's there's a different trade-off balance. 
uh, and it's going to cost you more money to use Lightning, but the funds are held on chain. Yeah. So like, yeah, what's non-custodially? What is an acceptable trade-off balance there, particularly? Like, what is the question I would like? Ask. The cool thing about Moon, like, is I think the difference scan, between Moon and Blue Wallet trade-off difference with Lightning is so minuscule that like, what? Happened? Okay, but but the point of my story was the person I was next to, we were battling to onboard. And he tried to onboard them with Copay wallet. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? I was like, why is anybody using Copay? Yeah. Well, the person I own, like my barber who I got on Blue Wallet, he was like, I'm using Trust Wallet. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Oh, so Trust Wallet is like a major <laughs> shitcoin wallet and they don't even rotate the you, address. yeah, addresses. They don't yeah. give you a new address. And is it custodial? I couldn't tell. No, it it's not. But that. the name kind of implies that it is, but yeah. it's not. Oh, yeah. isn't that Biden? No, Trust Wallet might be owned by Binance now. All right. I've got two minutes. We got to go. I've got two things I want to do. A shout out first. What's up, freaks? I'm oh, a pleb. we have shout outs. I'm up. It's only one this week. Uh, I'm a pleb moving into the self-mining and have listened to all the Citadel Dispatch mining episodes. I have the capital and a decent amount of knowledge and experiment with miners to pursue this. I also have plenty of time to learn a lot along the way. I want to make sure, oh man, I'm sorry for my drunk reading face. <laughs> I drank a lot of whiskey today. I want to make sure I'm aware of all my options. I was looking at hash huts uh, and the shipping from Canada to America is roughly four grand. The product looks like it is a great quality, but I wanted to see if you had any advice on other Bitcoin mining container companies, preferably in America. My concern is running into clear net websites that are scams for miners and mining containers. And I don't want my funds stolen. Additionally, for bulk miner purchases, to fill my container is Kaboom Ramps, uh, Kaboom Racks, a good way to go. Do you have any additional websites or resources that can help with my journey? I already have an electrician lined up. Thanks for all you two have done for the freaks. Cheers. Nick from Kaboom Racks was there last night. He was. Uh, so, pizza. so we'll start out. I uh, endorse Kaboom Racks. <laughs> Nick's a good dude. Kaboom Racks has been around for quite a while. If you're looking at Web of Trust, proof of work. Kaboom Racks has been around for quite a while. They've been providing people with ASICs, secondary market uh, ASICs for quite a while. People are very happy with them. Hash huts. Uh, I bought a hash out before. It is expensive. It's I think, the only game in town, really, right? Yeah. So that's like the thing with like the containers, like you need to you either can, make it yourself or you buy it from Steve Barber. Exactly. So <laughs> the nuance you want to understand with hash outs. So like a hash out, you're going to put 14 miners in there. Very heat dense, especially if you're using top of the line hardware. Type. And it's going to be delayed. Like you're going to not delayed, but it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long process of yes. getting your hash out. Like he is, well, he, Steve Barber is like fucking killing it. He's got tons of, of, of demand for it. And it's going to take you a while to receive that hash out. Yes. But that's not the point I'm trying to make. Okay. I agree with that. Like there's going to be a lead time. I think that's like the most important aspect. Well, no, it is an important aspect. But I think the most important aspect, if you're going to get a, a container, having uh, been a, uh, around the containerized mining model for the last three years, especially as these ASICs get more performant and more heat dense, like you need to have airflow control in your container down pat. Like Does the hash hut have built in airflow control? Yes. And like, so that's one thing you need to take into consideration. And having been in the business, Great American Mining does not sell their their containers. They are top of the they line. They make them all themselves. Yes, and they're proprietary. That's Outside. why like, you can only get them from Barber, basically. 
Yeah. If you're a consumer. And honestly, like knowing the landscape, I would only buy them from upstream. Like I wouldn't buy them from anywhere else unless you wanted to buy like a chicken shack, like type of hut. And like make it yourself. yourself. But then you have to worry about airflow and stuff. Yes. Um, These things are very, like, I mean, we talked about it last night at the Nashville Bitcoin meetup. Like these things are very heat dense. There's a lot of variables you have to take into consideration. Heat, noise, power. I'm not going to talk negatively about anything, but I will talk very positively about upstream. Yeah, upstream's the real deal. Uh, but I, it will take a while for you to get your hash hot. So just yes. keep that in mind and, and price that accordingly. Yeah. And I would say, Freak, if if you haven't, it, it's not quite, I'm not quite sure if you've dipped your toe in yet or not. Like, why don't you just start small? Like, don't do a 14 ASIC operation with a hash hut and do one or two miners, dip your toe in and yes. then scale up. Yes. And I think you'll find via that avenue, you'll be able to, figure out how to do the airflow stuff yourself. Right. Because there's a lot like, okay, hash out, I trust. Upstream, I trust with all that. There's a lot I don't trust. I'm not going to name names, but like there's, like you said, you don't want to go to a clear site website, buy a hut, get it. And then it doesn't work. I've seen some shit in the field of very like popular and well-known names that are building mining containers that don't work. Again, electrical infrastructure is very specific to the miner very specific to the type of energy you're producing. Uh, and you don't like, if you fuck that up, if you like, if, like I said last night, like w- with these top of the line miners right now, like M thirties M 31 S 19 J's, like if you overrun them and they have a potential life cycle of seven years and you burn it out after three years, because you don't know how to set up your infrastructure, like that is an opportunity cost of future revenue that you could have had. And what Steve is doing at Upstream, how they're designing their containers, uh, really uh, fine tunes for that like mentality in mind. Hundred uh, yeah. percent. Can I can I jump in and disagree? Buy a bunch of miners and just figure it out. <sighs> well, Ty, like the opportunity <laughs> cost, like no, miners. Don't are, listen to me. Like, like, so that's what Ty did. That's what I did. So I'll add some some nuance to Ty's comment. Like if you want to buy a bunch of miners and figure it out, buy a bunch of S nines, which are a shit ton cheaper than like M thirties or S 19s. Just count on half of the batch being like DOA. Yeah. But dead on arrival, right? But it's a cheap, it's a cheap mistake to make in terms like you buy 14 S nines, you're paying what? Like maybe five grand. Like if that, like if you're if you're buying fourteen M30s, you're paying a hundred and fifty grand. Like it's a much cheaper mistake. Like I would I would I would caution an error on the side of making cheaper mistakes than more expensive mistakes. I know. Yeah, I just wanted to be the contrarian. <laughs> so Marty, you have to get to the airport, right? Yes. Uh, before we just end, can we just do a final thoughts? Because we have so many people here. Can I just give Yassine the mic for final thoughts? Yes, sir. Yassine, thank you for joining us. Do you have final thoughts? I do have final thoughts, but this will be about rabbit hole recap specifically. Marty, I think I was on your podcast almost three years ago. And uh, that was when I was six months on the job and you uh, so humbly invited me. You had under 10K followers, by the way, on Twitter. I remember when you had hit 10K, it was like a very big deal. Uh, And... I just want to thank you guys for everything that you're doing. And I'm not just saying that you're an extremely positive force for Bitcoiners. I've learned a ton from you. Uh, Keep crushing it. It's an honor to be here. 
And uh, thanks for everything that you do. Well, Yassine, the feeling is mutual. I fucking love that you are a friend of mine and I've learned an extreme amount from you personally. We love you, brother. We appreciate you and you do uh, massive work in the space that, that most people do not realize. Uh, Ty, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, super bullish on Nashville. Um, I think Austin can learn a thing or two from Nashville. I'm still moving to Austin, so you know, don't get it. You know, don't get that mixed up. But you know, I think easiest allegedly. thing to do allegedly is bars close at two in Austin. What is up with that? Close at four or later. In Nashville bars don't close. They don't close. Uh, the bar I went to last night closed. So at what time? Two a.m. No, no, definitely didn't. I was there. Fake news. The lights went on. I can show oh, you. Tanguma that. told me it was 3 a.m. Might have been 3 a.m. <laughs> well, I mean, you're just going to say lies. Uh, Michael, final thoughts. Yeah, first of all, it's an honor to be here. I like grew up on TFTC and Rabbit Hole Recap. So awesome to be here. Um, other than that, in terms of what Ty said, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, tomorrow I'm going to be walking around Nashville and, uh, trying to figure out how receptive businesses here are to accepting Bitcoin. And, uh, I'll, I'll be directly comparing that to how receptive Austin business owners are. And we'll go from there. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, three forks, very nice, very nice steakhouse. They got a charity dinner on the Oshi app. They're accepting Bitcoin. <sighs> it sounds like Over you're free. lightning. It sounds like you're a free agent right now. <laughs> it's not a competition. Michael, we appreciate you. <laughs> but really, what I want to say, though, is like everybody out there across the country listening to this, like, hey, walk into your local business. Across the world. Look them in the eye. Yeah. Shake their hand. Ask them if they would be willing to accept Bitcoin and go from there. It works. Get out there. It works. It works. Just it works. start the conversation. You'd be surprised. Get out there. Get off your ass. Proof of work in your city. Fuck you. Yeah. Gotta do it. Fuck yeah. Car, final thought. Thank you, Oshi. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> we, we love Oshi. Oshi's fantastic. Oh, it's my pleasure. I got it, I got it. Uh, you got a long drive out of you, sir. No, dude, the hospitality here. Jeez. Matt, Rod, Mills, everybody, dude. Jeez. Gosh. Marty. If we move to Nashville, we're, we're not I'm in, bro. <laughs> yeah, seriously, car, man. car, car, car. I'm, I'm staying in Austin. Car, I just moved my family cross country. I'm just saying, Marty, another... if we move, I'm in, bro. Marty was uh, like, fuck, why did I hire this producer? No, no but uh, best decision we made at TFTC in a while. No, but, car uh, is a real one. It's been a pleasure I love to you meet guys. Him. I love Matt. We like, love uh, you too, brother. Everything, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm not making another cross country move with my family, but <laughs> I am very happy with what is going on here in Nashville. I'm very proud of what, like, I don't, I don't know, proud was the wrong word. I'm like very happy with what's going on here. I'm proud of proud. what we're doing. <laughs> I'm proud of what we're doing. I'm excited. Here. We're going to, TFTC in 2022 is going to, we're going to take it to the next fucking level. And uh, I'm very excited that Car's along for the ride. And I think Car is going to help, uh, you know, supercharge us. Um, and it, it's super, I'm super excited that I finally got to meet him in person for the first time. Um, My final thought. And I love you all. I love you all too. My final thought was actually something I wanted to bring up on the list, but like 
uh, Russia and India are starting to do <laughs> international. I'm just going to add, I'm just going to throw this in in the last final thought. International trade deals outside the purview of the US dollar is a unit of account. This is a trend that has been going on for years. Uh, I think we're going to see it accelerate in 2022. But final thought with all the love here, like, uh, I love all y'all. It's it, like, look what we did here, like right here. This is fucking First, awesome. We need to do this more often. I like I the party rip. Yeah, that's why you we gotta just do the party to Austin, dude. I am. I'm. Uh, congratulations, freaks. I'm. I'm. I'm happy to announce I'm moving to Austin. Let's go. Let's go. All right. I literally have to get to the airport. Stay humble, stack sad, motherfuckers. Love all y'all.